When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. So I was at that uh, skilling party that you uh, referred to in the mm-hmm. newscast. Mm-hmm. Did you wish him sunny skies, uh, sunny and no. blue skies? No. no. I didn't think so. No. I believe my exact your sunny words, disposition. I believe my was, exact words were, "Aren't you gone yet? <laughs> You're still here." <laughs> How many times do we got to say goodbye? Oh wow! No, I I did not use any meteorological metaphors <laughs> to say goodbye. But it was a fun party. I'll tell you more about it in a minute. Okay, good. Glad uh, you were there. I was too. <laughs> was he? <laughs> He was. Good. He was. Yeah. I'll tell you more about it in a minute. Okay. Very good. Did LeBron James break some kind of record? Yeah. He went over 40,000 points. He became the first NBA player to ever do that. First NBA player to do that. Yeah. He's played like 22 years. I mean, it's... Uh, am I, why, why am I surprised that he's the first? Why didn't, I mean, how come Michael Jordan? How come... Yeah, Michael... Uh, my, he didn't play as long. Any of the, you know, the, the greats in the NBA. It's, well, don't forget, too, early on in the NBA, there was no three-point line. So he's got a benefit of the three-point line his entire career. And more points. More points, more opportunities to score. But even still, since the three-point line, there have been some veterans. Oh, yeah. Been around forever. Yeah, but, I mean, he's been around for, for, for more than ever. I mean, it's... Uh, it, you know, even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was the all, all, all-time leading scorer up until the fact that uh, LeBron passed him by, didn't play as long, and that's kind of the way that uh, it went. He's don't forget he came into the league, LeBron, as a teenager. He was drafted right out of high school. Oh, that's true. So he was uh, 18 when he started playing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and also my favorite actor in the movie Airplane, by the way. Oh yeah, wasn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, wasn't that Kareem? Who was the co-pilot? Roger Roger Murdoch? <laughs> I'm the co-pilot. (laughs) It's a great movie, though. Come on. I could watch that movie every day for the rest of my life. The best part is when everybody's starting to get sick, and then, you know, Roger Murdoch gets sick, too, and they drag him out of the cockpit in his Lakers jersey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That movie was so clever. I mean, it was ridiculously (laughs) stupid. But, like, for moments like that, it was hilariously funny as well. Good stuff. Shwani, you a big fan of the airplane? You know they're going to redo Naked Gun. I heard that, yeah. They're going to make a new version. The airplane movie? Yeah, I like the airplane movie. Yeah, that's hilarious. (laughs) That's about the time that I first met you, by the way. What? Airplane? I think so. That was like 1980, 81, something like that, right? Was it, was it that far back? Is yeah, that when so, we yeah. first met? No, that, yeah, 81. Is that when our eyes first glanced, <laughs> oh. glanced at each other? And you looked at me at the hall and coming out of the studio going, who are you? Oh, boy, I'm going to have to. Who are you? How can I shake that off? And then the next night I was there when you were leaving, and it's like, you're again? You you're here, here again? Yeah, same thing I said to Skilling. It's amazing. St. <laughs> uh, Patrick's Day season in Chicago. Southside, Mayor Day. There's our pals, uh, the group Aaron Moore. They're going to be here in studio with us in about an hour. And they're going to perform for us live. That's a tradition. It We've is. Had that for a number of years. That, that was a tradition started by the great Roy Leonard. Ah, okay. I stole yeah. it from Roy, as I've stolen most things I do. <laughs> from Roy. No originality. And others. 
Well, you know, if you, if you got good stuff, why change it? That's exactly right. You know, Roy knew what he was doing and gave me his blessings and, and then got out. <laughs> Did I ever, I ever tell you the story of uh, Roy's very last show? You know, he does his, his very last show. I'm coming on right after him. And, uh, you know, give him a big hug. Congratulations. He, you know, congratulations to me. Uh, you're going to do a great job. Very happy for you. And then he, like, leans into my ear and goes, I'm so happy I don't have to see the <laughs> junk that you're going to have to go see. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> Uh, Roy, Sugar Roy, as we used to call him <laughs> back in the day. Uh, anyway, Aaron, he was the one that brought Aaron Moore on WGN for the first time and sang the Southside Irish song, and uh, it is truly legendary now. And we've kept up the tradition. Every St. Patrick's Day season, we have uh, Aaron Moore in, and I would have liked to have done them a little closer to the actual St. Patrick's Day, but that's a super busy day for them. And uh, we we just said we couldn't make it happen uh, any time closer than today, which is fine because it kind of gets us in the mood for St. Patrick's Day, yeah. Southside Irish Parade, the Downtown Irish Parade. So that'll be coming up uh, in a little while. So uh, welcome back, Schwani. Thank you. You were missed last Thank week. Thank you. Thank you. You were gone last week. Yeah, I yes. Think <laughs> you uh, don't remember. You don't want to remember. No, I miss I miss you when you're not here. Ryan did Ryan a, was in. He did an okay job. Well, yes, of course he did. <laughs> but he I'm sure fine. I'm sure you he came in. You came in and and uh, Ryan was here and you looked at Ryan and said, "So you're in for Schwanny?" And Ryan would have said yes, and you just said good, and what walked you, away. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's the play he's writing in his mind. Wow. Yeah, I almost called in. I don't even think I came in for my little pre-show visit like I usually do. Uh, I don't think week. you did, no. Yeah, I, I, I must have been busy. I would have stopped in. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm so busy preparing every minute detail of the show. Yeah. Prior to getting... Right. I almost called in. Really? Mm-hmm. But I decided against it. What were we going to call in and say? Just say hello and check in and uh, see how things were going. You should have. But uh, no, just decided. What were you doing? What were, what were you doing last Sunday morning? Uh, I that don't was remember. So, was so important that you couldn't even call it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. But we had a wonderful time. Um, get, we're celebrating Gilda's birthday. Yeah. And uh, we went out. Gilda got sick, he said. Well, yes. Uh, she is doing better. I got a, received a text this morning, and I'm very happy to say she's uh, she's improving. Has but, anyone uh, else noticed the pattern of when Schwani goes to visit uh, that she gets sick? <laughs> <laughs> that's not nice. I've noticed that. No, that's not nice. This is like that's the not sec- true. That's the second or third time, though. Not, 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 not true. <laughs> Not true. But I was going to say that we, we, um, Jess, our producer here, was laughing at me uh, when I told her that uh, we went to see a rock band. Went to see one of her favorite rock bands for Who's her that? birthday. Who's that? It's a local band in the Washington D.C. area. They're yeah. called Wicked Jezebel. Oh, they're good. I love Wicked they're Jezebel. Good. They're good. It's an all-girl group, but they're really good. They do '80s cover music, huh. and uh, we enjoyed uh, we enjoyed that. Were you dancing? Yes. No video, apparently. 
I'm digging. No, there better not be. I'm contacting the place for a security video. <laughs> right. <laughs> there. there better not be any video. I'm great with that. <laughs> so... That could be like almost as good as the blackmail pictures I have uh-huh. on Shawnee. And a couple nights before that, her friends organized a karaoke party oh, no. at a really you, great restaurant. You're doing karaoke? Mm-hmm. Also trying to get security video. <laughs> what songs did you do? I did um, Come Fly With Me, Frank Sinatra. Oh, nice. <laughs> Like I told Bob Ferguson this morning, he was come asking, fly with me, come fly, fly let's come fly, fly away. away. Once I, picture, I get you up there where I, the air is rarefied. I picture it sounding like someone doing an imitation of Richard Nixon. <laughs> is that what it sounded no, like? No, no. <laughs> come fly with me. I'm not a crook. Come fly, let's fly away. Uncle Dean, who's Richard Nixon? <laughs> Pack up. Let's fly away. That's how I picture. That's how I imagine your karaoke would sound. Nixon, huh? You have a very you have a very formal sounding voice, so that's how I picture unless you really let loose. Well, we let had your a hair down. You went to see the the all girl eighties group, so they were good too. I'd definitely go back and see them. You're a crazy man on vacation. <laughs> Thought of you also, Dean, because we had lunch at a Greek restaurant. Oh, very nice. Thought of you when we were there. What'd you have? I had a gyro sandwich. Uh, call it gyro. Would be pronounced gyros? I know, I know, I know. Uh, it's a gyros sandwich. I have the gyros sandwich. <laughs> I had a gyros sandwich, and it was very good. 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 And um, I said to the people there... Um, you know, I uh, did you ask if they I know, know me? Uh, I know uh, Dean Richards in Chicago, and they said, Who? "Oh, yes." <laughs> Will there be anything else? <laughs> yeah. You never say that before they bring the food because you never know <laughs> what there's going to be in the food. Spit in your sandwich or something. <laughs> Not good. No, it's a very good gyros sandwich well good for you it sounds like you had a nice time almost got the greek burger though with the feta cheese and uh olives would have been quite good maybe next time you like greek food i love greek food yes i'll have to make something for you um we'll have to have a a taste tester (laughs) before (laughs) just the way he said that did you hear the way he said that he did yeah he's gonna cook up something nice for you i'm gonna make something for you (laughs) And he was the official taste tester of the Sunday morning show. So. <laughs> Before any of us try anything, Andy. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it, sure. Yep. <clears throat> that could be a new job for our producer, now known as Jack Hammer. Jack Hammer. Oh, how did that come about? Well, you know, when the week when Tom Skilling was here a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jack, producer Jack, handled the crowd. Uh, the uh, you know people like you or uh, getting in his way you know he's he's trying to enjoy a nice day. You came in here to take pictures with him and you know tell stories with him. And Jack had to put the hammer down. Oh, you mean when Tom was here? Yeah, yeah. Well, he Tom enjoyed it. You were a big fanboy. <laughs> I, hi, Mister Skilling. Remember, remember when we had uh, severe storms back in nineteen eighty four. That was you. <laughs> I <laughs> remember when the high pressure system came in from. Uh, we had a. 
the storms over Lake Michigan. Remember that? And it rained real hard. <laughs> that was that was Schwanny when Tom was here. There was lots of thunder and lightning. Everybody was here. Everybody in the building came in yep. to see Tom Skilling that morning. Of course they did. And uh, producer Jack, who I now call Jack Hammer, uh, he was uh, he was like putting down the security here. <laughs> he was dressed for the part too, keeping the show on track. Yeah, last week he was all dressed up. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had a, like, like we haven't had anyone on this show in a suit and tie in years since Don Norton used to be on the show. Oh, Don would come in 4 a.m. suit and tie. Suit and tie all the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah yes. we've downgraded quite a bit since then. <laughs> but uh, Jack Hammer uh, had a suit and tie because he was doing the uh, Blackhawks game and the Chris Chelios uh, retirement ceremony. Yeah. yeah, so he was. He was all dressed up because he was part of uh, all of that. Did you have fun with that, Jack? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was busy. It went by in a blur, but right. the UC and Chris know how to throw a party. Super fun. Uh, Jack is not dressed up in a suit and tie this week. Maybe we should institute a dress code on the show. Dean told me I have to wear a tie from now on. I was going to say, that yes. Didn't, that hey, didn't last responded, very long. He responded by wearing a t-shirt today. Is that, be, is that because your suit and tie are at the cleaners? Yeah. My one suit and tie. That's what I mean. <laughs> too, much champ- too much champagne spilled <laughs> mm-hmm. last week. <laughs> there was a little bit of champagne spilled at the Tom Skilling going away I party can imagine. Yes. Yes. Uh, we had a fun time. You know the uh, the place called uh, Brick House? Oh, yeah. Over by Wrigley Field. Gallagher Way. Gallagher Way. Mm-hmm. That's where we had the big party last night. And it was it was a who's who of WGN to wish Tom well uh, from the last 50 years. Everybody came back in to say, you know, wish Tom well in his uh, retirement. It was really fun. Um uh, uh, anchors from days gone by, staff members from days gone by. It was, it was uh, just a really nice time. What a cool thing the uh, the station did too, yeah. it, renaming the weather center for uh, Tom. Yeah. yeah, right. And you walked up to him and said, "Aren't you gone yet?" <laughs> you walked up to I that not, man. I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that out loud. <laughs> 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 no, Tom was Tom, I, I enough already. I actually felt sorry for him because, of course, everyone wanted to talk to him. Of course, everyone wanted a picture with him, uh, and he just did not get a, a, a moment to. They had a, a nice spread of uh, food and uh, beautiful cakes, and you know all kinds of things. I don't think Tom had one morsel of anything because he was. So, everybody so, else was eating, but him. Yeah, every, didn't get a piece of his own cake. He was so busy being nice to everybody. Well, that's Tom being that's Tom. Tom. That's yeah, Tom. it just is. Yeah, if Jack Hammer was there, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> he would have kept people. He would away. have been pushing people away. <laughs> Go over there. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice time. I'm trying to think of some highlights that I can share without embarrassing anybody. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> um, there was an open bar. Okay, or that. That's probably all I should yeah, say. We'll, we'll just stop I think there. that's enough said. You can decide uh, on your own uh, who of your favorite WGN personalities may have uh, overindulged a little bit. Actually, most of the on-air people, I think, we, we're all, you know, we're all old now. Back in the day, we would have, you know, open bar, we would have been all over it. But 
all of the older, more mature staff members, such as myself, <laughs> know how to moderate these things. <laughs> Moderation. And, you know, you never really, you really should never drink at it. It's basically a company function, right? Yeah. Uh, you never really should. It's not a good idea, Shawani. Not that I'm looking oh, at Oh, what are you implying? Not that I'm... To overindulge at a company party. Yeah. You, what, what, you know, what, what are you implying there, sir? That you have done that. Oh, and you haven't? Well, not since I was about 20 years 20 old. 20 years old. <laughs> well, I didn't throw a cigarette in the program director's car once and almost set it on fire. What are you talking about? You told me one time you were uh, with a program director and you were driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, throw, I didn't throw the cigarette. It ended up in the back seat of the car. And- I was. This was back in the day when if you smoked... You know, you could smoke in somebody's car and nobody said anything. I, just the fact that I was smoking back then is something. But I was done enjoying my cigarette, and I went to flick it out the window, and I thought I did, but instead it flew back into the car <laughs> and set my boss's back seat on fire. <laughs> oh, man. That's not good. I can just see it. You smell something, don't it? <laughs> It's I the was, car. Oh, I was just, no. I was, only in, I was in college then. <laughs> I was just a young punk smoking my Territon cigarettes <laughs> with the charcoal filter. With, do you remember the slogan for the cigarettes? For Territon? Yeah. What's ter- I, I don't remember. I remember Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. Well, Territon was us Territon smokers would rather fight oh, yeah, than what, switch. Right. Right. And they, you know, the guy would turn to the camera eye. and have a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> you remember or that, Jack? I, or I would turn to the camera and uh, the car would be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so you my, remember that slogan, don't you, Jack? Every week I tell Dean from 9 to 9.30, everything just goes over my head. <laughs> every, every single thing. <laughs> I'm not too far behind you. <laughs> And the sad thing is, is I don't understand half the things that he's saying either. And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, it's the better late than never far-flung forecast. We got a little chatty in the last half hour, didn't we? We did. Chatty, but that was fun. Chatty McChattington's here. <laughs> uh, but we want to get in our far-flung forecast, which I, I did uh, last week, by the way, Shawnee. Where was it? It what, was good. Which uh, one? I don't remember now. Oh, right. I remember it being great. It was sports-related, remember? <laughs> it was sports or Everyone was surprised <clears throat> that I chose something sports-related. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, whatever it was, it was it was fantastic. You know, one stuff. You know, this is like the Lucy and Ethel episode with the chocolates. (laughs) Once something goes down the Sunday morning conveyor belt, we're done with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) On to the next. On to the next. We're moving on to the next. And the conveyor belt moves faster and faster. And (laughs) I've got my protractor. I've got my newfangled devices. Don't forget the compass. And I'm ready for my far-flung forecast. Well, thank you so much, Dean, and thank you for covering for me last week. Today, we go to Locust Point, Maryland. Oh, my. Locust Point, Maryland. Isn't that where you just were? 
Uh, very close to it, yes. Oh, I was in the uh, here comes Washington, men- D.C. area there. Here comes a mention for some free food, free food. that he got. <laughs> free t-shirts. No. Coffee mugs. Here no, we didn't, we didn't go up there. But we, we, we were very close to Locust Point, Maryland, which is the site of Fort McHenry. Hmm. Fort McHenry National Monument and Historic Shrine. Actually, Locust Point is now a neighborhood of Baltimore, Maryland. So uh-huh. it's that gives you a very good idea as to exactly where it is. Yes. The fort was built in 1798, and in September of 1814, it was under siege by British forces. But U.S. troops successfully defended Fort McHenry, and a young man by the name of Francis Scott Key was there to witness the victory. He wrote a poem called defense of fort mchenry the first line of which reads oh say can you see by the dawn's early light oh, i've heard that song what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming yes nobody, nobody writes songs like that anymore it became <laughs> it became the star-spangled banner now he wrote actually four verses that was set to a melody called to anacreon in heaven that was the name of the song andy i'm lost me too but you on got, this date, you got a coal miner's helmet I can wear to shed some light on this. <laughs> I'm going to shed. I'm getting to the point of oh, all Dean, of this. Oh, Dean, can you see? <laughs> on this date, and it was great, in 1931, President Herbert Hoover designated the national anthem, Francis Scott Key's words and the melody, to be officially our national anthem. Huh. And we have a recording here that goes back to 1915. No way. Here is a portion of the Star-Spangled Banner as sung by Margaret Wilson, daughter of then-president Woodrow Wilson. I love her. Actually, I was having a little trouble trying to distinguish between uh, Margaret Wilson there and Aunt B, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> Tootsie, goodbye. <laughs> but Locust I her. Point, I love her voice. Fort McHenry, Baltimore, I, Maryland. I think you, I've just created a new character voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to hear you do it now, <laughs> Margaret Wilson. Margaret Wilson. Margaret Wilson's going to be from a frequent, 1915. Visitor on the show. <laughs> How did we get a recording from 1915? Because we have ways of making it happen. I'm digging this. You know, here Clara Edwards jump in here in the second verse. Maybe the Blackhawks can use that before the game now. Oh, that would be awesome. I still oh, like Jim Cornelison better, but you know. It has to be one of the earliest recordings of this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Margaret? Margaret Wilson. Margaret. Yes. That recording done in 1915. And the Lady Gaga of the, the turn of the Taylor Swift of 109 years ago. <laughs> But Locust Point, Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, sunny skies today and 51 right now. 940 is the time. This is Dean Richards. Sunday morning on WGN. Time for the Week in Health. 
And uh, joining us this week is a regular contributor on our WGN TV Morning News. Uh, Dr. Lauren Stryker is uh, in with us today. And Dr. Stryker is a professor of obstetrics and gynecology, Feinberg School of Medicine, senior research fellow, the Kinsey Institute. And uh, Dr. Stryker, always uh, nice to talk to you. Uh, how are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm excellent. Excellent. Just went outside. It's beautiful out for oh, change. It is a, such a gorgeous morning today. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to touch on a, a couple of things, but uh, officially, I guess the uh, CDC has uh, officially changed the uh, quarantine uh, procedure now for anyone who may still get uh, COVID. I guess that's good news. What What does this mean exactly now? Well, I think it's really good news. First of all, the, the change is instead of having a certain number of days to quarantine, it's really based on your symptoms. You know, when the symptoms are done, when you've been fever-free, then the feeling is it's okay to go out and about. And and to me, what this is saying is that, first of all, COVID is here to stay. You know, it's kind of like the flu. And, you know, just as we all need to use good sense with the flu and not go out and expose people and infect people if you know you're still sick, but this really is is a big change. It's this whole idea of, okay, when you are at the highest risk for shedding the virus and getting other people sick is when you're symptomatic and when you still have a fever. So this is good. But I, I think also the, the other piece that, that goes along with this is, is, quite frankly, like the flu. I mean, people die from the flu. The flu can be serious. So we shouldn't take this too lightly. And the message isn't, oh, don't worry about it. You know, the flu is that COVID is no more than a cold. It, it's a lot more than a cold, particularly for people that are at risk. But you know, it just makes it more manageable, I yeah. think, and, and it's it's just, it's a better, and, and I think also, again, this is, speaks to things change. People are like, did they get it wrong before? No, they didn't get it wrong before. This, our knowledge has evolved as this infection has evolved. Right. Yeah, we have to remember that when all of this happened, we knew nothing about this. And, you know, they were, absolutely they, nothing. Were make, they were making, uh, you know, best guess uh, estimates as to, you know, what should w- we should be doing. People were dying as a result of it. And uh, the restrictions yeah. that they put in mitigated uh, that and changed it. Now yeah. we're now we're at a point where they're loosening things up a little bit, which is as, doctor, as yeah, doctors still are dying. I mean, let's be clear. You know, it's not as if this is nothing. I think the last statistic I saw was, you know, that something like 10,000 Americans had, had died from this. Um, in the last few months, which is clearly not nothing, but it is not at the scale that it was. Yeah, I mean, it was horrifying in in the beginning of, uh, you know, seniors, people with uh, medical disabilities, and people who were working yeah. nonstop in hospitals and doctor's offices. Right. Yeah, were, and, were and, you know, and, and, I, and I think you may know, you know, I was very sick with COVID pre-vaccine, and I don't have any underlying medical conditions, yeah. and... I didn't die, obviously, but I was I was really sick. I was it's in the not, hospital, yeah. so I do take these things seriously. Yeah, same same with me. I had it uh, as I like to call it, COVID classic, uh, before the uh, vaccine was out there, and it was horrible. It was I, I've never yeah. never felt sicker. Uh, so anyway, I'm glad we've uh, passed that up, and already uh, in anticipation of this segment that we do every week, people start texting in. Uh, questions already and still after all this time people are still asking questions about covid vaccines where should people be with this uh you know well, i in think getting what the, the recommendation vaccine? is is 
is that certainly people who are over 65, people who are at a particular risk for getting very sick or dying, the recommendation is still to get the vaccine. And I, I can't disagree with that. I, again, you know, we have to keep in mind that while we have a comfort level, people still get very sick, people die. And just like every year, get the flu vaccine. No question. Get the flu vaccine. And and this is going to be the same. And like the flu vaccine, it's going to continue to change. You know, the strains of flu change every year and they make their best guess as to what they're going to cover. And obviously it's not going to cover everything, but we're going to see the same thing with COVID. You know, I think the difference between flu and COVID, quite frankly, from, from my point of view, is when you're done with the flu, you're done with the flu. And COVID, we are still figuring it out as far as as long COVID. Who gets it? What are the long-term repercussions? That's what we don't know. That's what we have to keep our eye on. The uh, are are there new vaccines now? Are they up, still updating the COVID vaccines to uh, make themselves most effective toward whatever strains are out there right now? Yes, that that's exactly what's going on when. When it's time for a booster, it's not necessarily going to be the same vaccine that you got at the time of your last booster. You know, there's always new mutations evolving. That's the nature of viruses. My, viruses are smart. And what they are always trying to do is change to outwit the people who are trying to keep them away. And same with the flu. You know, that's, that's what it is. So it's, it's always going to change. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with the flu vaccine every year. Every year, it's it's a little bit different depending on what strains are out mm-hmm. there right now. So, exactly, we we exactly. are at the point where co- the COVID vaccines are very similar to how we take our flu vaccines. Not a big deal, mm-hmm. you know. You can get them while you could do your grocery shopping. You can get your vaccines. Who would have thought that you go to the Jewel and you get your your vaccine? But I love it; it makes I, it easy. Yeah, it I be, said that. Easy access. I said that the last vaccine that I I got I. I got at a grocery store and I said, I came here to get, it was like summertime. I came here to get some, uh, you know, some burgers and coleslaw. Come for the burgers, stay for the vaccine. That, that's, how it, that's how it works. Uh, are, now, are you in uh, Austin, Texas right now? Because when I talked to you at the TV station this week, uh, you were telling me that you were getting ready to go to the South by Southwest Film Festival there. That's right. I'm I'm leaving uh, later this week, and I'm speaking there. You know, one of the things about South by Southwest is, of course, it started off as just a huge music fest. That's that's what it was known for, especially with lesser known and indie musicians. And then it has evolved into a much much bigger event, where not only do they have a huge film fest, but they also have an ideas fest, much like you would see, you know, in, in Aspen, where they have a variety of speakers on pretty much every topic you can think of. So I am speaking. I'm very excited about that. And I'm going to be in a group of people talking about women's health, including Brooke Shields and Katie Kirk and a number of other physicians. And I'm really excited about this because I've never been to South by Southwest. And I'm excited about the film fest and I'm excited about the people I'm going to meet. Yeah, it's really fun. I'll tell you what it's like. As film festivals go, this one is really fun. Austin knows how to put a party on. Uh, So you're going to have fun. Yeah, but yeah, the thing, and and you've been, Dean, you've been to South by Southwest, haven't you? Yeah, many times, yeah. Yeah, I never have. And, and I've been to Telluride, I've been to some other film festivals. And the thing that's the most striking to me about this one is I look at the, at the information is 
how overwhelming it is. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. There's so many things going on and so many things to do that I feel like I have to spend hours just going through the schedule to pick and choose so I don't miss anything. Uh, you'll, you'll have a great time and you will, you will definitely find, uh, you know, fun things to do at this, uh, conference at which you're speaking. Uh, what, what are the types of things uh, of women's issues that you expect will be coming up? What's the latest and greatest on this? Well, there's, there's a number of different stages going on, if you will. And the, and the stage that I'm part of is really, really looking at what's going on with midlife women and beyond menopause, postmenopause, which is one of my areas of interest. And, um, and I didn't pick the topics. They, they asked me uh, to speak on certain topics. But my stage is going to be focusing on sexuality and different aspects of sexuality. And in fact, a number of my colleagues that are going to be there, we're going to I'll be talking kind of along the same lines, but it's, it's actually kind of exciting that people are looking at women over the age of 50, 60, 70, 80, not as just being productive and having families and still working, but also being sexual and having a quality of life, which we expect to go on as long as someone wants. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that is fantastic. Uh, I, I love also that uh, you uh, talk frequently about menopause, but what I find really interesting is that on your podcast, Dr. Stryker's Inside Information Podcast, uh, you are doing something which is called Men on Pause. What what That's men right. what men need to know about menopause? What are the biggest things that men don't know about menopause? Can we start with they know nothing? <laughs> okay, so, that's a good umbrella topic, I, I guess. Mean, no, no, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, the, the truth is, and, and where this came from is my husband, Jason, who you have met, he's not a doctor, he is not in anything with medicine, and yet wherever we go, socially, traveling, when people hear what I do, the guys pull him aside and say, hey, you know, I need some help here. What's going on? Is she, does she not like me anymore? Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to talk to me. She doesn't want to be with me. She's moody. She's never sleeping. She doesn't want to have sex. And so Jason ends up, quite frankly, filling these guys in. And just as the women are really, really looking for information, so are the guys. Because they don't know. They're just like kind of thinking, I have no idea what's going on with this person in my life. And quite frankly, we're not just talking about partners and spouses. We're talking about mothers. We're talking about friends. We're talking about in the workplace that suddenly the woman that you knew is not exactly the same as she was because she may be struggling. So, you know, the guys need to understand what's going on just as women do. So what what do we do exactly? Do we uh, do, do we wait to to get instructions? Do we try to be proactive uh, at, at the risk well, in of a perfect world, Dean? In a perfect world, every guy would be just as well informed about this as a lot of other things in life. You know, there's so many other things that we are prepared for. I mean, when you're in fifth, sixth grade, what did they drag you to health class and you learned all about how babies are made and, you know, how girls get periods and what happens with boys. And that was just part of the everyday instruction that most people, depending on where they live and where they go to school, but, you know, it's pretty standard that you get that kind of stuff. And and there's no school for, okay, menopause is around the, the corner and, and you need to know what's happening here. So the way that I look at the guys is quite frankly, the same way that I look at it with women. 
we need to just talk about it. We need to inform people with real information, not the stuff you're finding on TikTok. And, and that way to be instructed and that way for it to kind of hit you in your own home and have things not go well. Because, and I'm not exaggerating, marriages fall apart over this. There are many, many sure. couples that split over this because they, they don't know. And then they fight and then they go into avoidance mode and suddenly they're just saying, I'm done. I'm out of here. So we, and you know, look, we got to think about the fact that first of all, people are blindsided. One of the main things they don't know is how early it can hit. You know, if you go up to your typical person on the street and I've actually done this, we did one for GM, but then we didn't air it because it was a little bit too dicey, but you know, go up and say, Hey, what time do you think, what time of life, what age menopause hits? And most people are saying, you know, oh, 60. No, it's in the 40s. And so the women are blindsided. The men are blindsided. So that's the number one thing that I want people to know is it's going to hit earlier than you think. And when you look at life expectancy, most women live into their 80s and 90s. So we're talking half of a woman's life is postmenopause. Is the best thing to do uh, to ask the woman what do you want me to do? Because she may tell you, just get away from me and leave me alone. Or she may say, <laughs> do this well, or do it, that. But instead of trying to like feel like I know what you're going through, you don't know what she's going through. You don't know. You don't know. And I think to your point, I think your approach is, is very much appreciated to say, hey, I've noticed you don't seem to be your best lately. What can I do to help? And and then the other thing a guy can do is to say, you know, I'd like to understand this better. Maybe we can learn more about this better. You know, one of the things that actually incentivized uh, me to do this Men on Pause episode is that when I look at my analytics from my podcast, 30% of the people that listen to my podcast are men. And what that tells me is that either women are using <laughs> computers and it just says it's men, or Men really, really want to know. So, so the way that we're going to structure this is we're going to start this as an episode on my regular podcast, Dr. Striker's Inside Information. And if it goes well and if we get a good response, then we may just launch a completely separate podcast mm. called Men on Pause. Yeah. And, and what we're hoping to do is to have men call in with their questions and, and their concerns and even just to say what's on their mind, you know, talk about their experiences. Right. And so that... Because I'm going to do this with my husband, the idea is that I'm going to give whatever medical information someone would benefit from, but then he can be the voice of, you know, hey, dude, I get this, you know, I, 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 I hear you, right. and maybe this is a good way to, to approach it. I so think, we'll see. I, I mean, I think, I think it could be interesting. What do you think? Do you think this I think is it's a, a fantastic good idea? idea? I think it's a fantastic idea because guys, no matter how uh, well informed that you think you are, uh, for each woman, it's different, and uh, unless you know, you, you you just need to, I think, take your clues from the person who is actually going through it, who who may want your help and may want you in another state uh, at the time yeah. when, when it's going on. So no, to have have information and, and again, like that is, I think, would be very helpful. And also, we just want to hear from people. You know, what's your experience? What do you think? What, what helped in your relationship? What helped yeah. with this person in right. your life? Because I think that there's a real community of men out there who 
really want to share their stories. And I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll get kicked off the podcast and it'll just be Jason talking to the guys one day. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But, you know, for any guys that are listening, all they've got to do is go to drstrugger.com and that's S-T-R-E-I-C-H-E-R, drstrugger.com. And there's a button that says, talk to me. And basically you just hit it and you can can give a fake name. I don't care. You know, you can say whoever you want to be and and just ask your question, say what, what you want. And then we actually use that recording on the podcast and sit there and talk about it. And we're hoping to get to the point that we can have guests like you come on live and, and, you know, kind of just be part of the conversation. Yeah. I, th- I think suddenly that is so helpful. It's Dr. Stryker's inside information podcast, drstriker.com. If you want to get uh, more info on that. And I hope you have the best time at the South by Southwest festival i know that you will it's uh it, it, it's a fun time and you're the perfect person to take it all in uh, <laughs> dr lauren Stryker, uh professor of obstetrics and gynecology feinberg school of medicine safe travel this week and we'll see you soon thank you so much thanks Dean. talk soon want to hear a sound check yes i do are you guys sound checking go ahead and uh, tune your guitar up a little bit here Makes me feel like I'm in a record, actual recording session. <laughs> test one, test two, check, check, check. Test one, check, 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 check. Yeah, this is the kind of meticulous planning that goes into a show like this. It's the group Aaron Moore that you hear uh, tuning up, and you'll hear them performing in a minute. Uh, they are the Southside Irish guys who uh, are making an early appearance on our show this year. The tradition of them coming down here to. Uh, WGN continues uh, this morning. Are you ready for St. Paddy's Day, Schwani? Of course. I know you love your green beer. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I saw the river being dyed green. Oh, it was right. amazing. Yeah. We have a good vantage point up here from the, uh, what floor are we on? 18th floor. Yeah. <laughs> I forget because we Jack have, has to guide him. We have <laughs> floor. Well, we have these automatic elevators. You don't even have to tell it what floor you're going to. It just somehow knows where you're going. Yeah, we had to rescue you from the 28th floor. I, I did get lost in a lawyer's office upstairs once. That was that's my fault. Uh, but anyway. Uh, We're going to get you in the uh, St. Patrick's Day spirit a little bit with our pals, Aaron Moore. It is the group, Aaron Moore. Uh, Guys, welcome. Nice to have you in with us. It's great to be here. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to ask you guys to move over here. We're having some sort of technical problem. So so can you you guys just scoot over to the other microphones here real quick? Because I don't know what's going on here. Something is distorting, and it's... I'd like to be able to understand you. <laughs> I already have trouble understanding people as it is anyway, so it's good to have you all here with us. Uh, the group Aaron Moore, longtime favorites here on WGN Radio, uh, going back to the Roy Leonard days. Do you remember, Brian, Brian Murphy, uh, when uh, you were first on WGN with Roy back in the day? It was 1990, 1991. Wow, and that's uh, amazing. At first, we just interviewed and brought, you know, brought something for him to play. I think on cassette at oh, that time. Wow, fancy technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Roy was a, a great supporter. Yeah, 
a really nice guy. Yep. And we enjoyed some soda bread together and had a good time every Very time, nice. Every visit. Very nice. Well, uh, you know, you've been here, I think, every year since then, uh, certainly with me, uh, and many times uh, performing. And, uh, you know, in a few minutes, we'll have them do their Southside Irish uh, song uh, to get ready for the big parade, which uh, is coming up on St. Patrick's Day itself this year. Yes, how about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's going to be fun. That? We have our WGN TV float that'll be in the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade this year, so we're looking forward to that. But we thought we'd get you in the mood uh, a little bit. And uh, you will be floating? I will be floating. Good. Yes, I will be floating in more ways than one. Right. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. So going back to the, the Roy Leonard days, uh, we're in the midst of finishing up a new album and the title of the album is Aaron Moore LP ah 33 and a third years how about that how about that is that when the group started 33 and a third years ago actually the group started a, a different rendition of Thanks. the group started a little bit before that yeah but that's when we started playing out a little bit more and the, and the group grew yeah so before that there were no drums we fit on little tiny stages i was remembering playing at uh place called Shannon's Landing at the airport in Lansing, Michigan. Oh, my gosh. And the room was so small that I would have to lift my guitar to let people go by. Oh, no kidding. It, it <laughs> next, was that tight, huh? Next to the itty-bitty stage. That's, yeah. that's pretty funny. Uh, who else did you bring here with us uh, today? I'm Rich Prezioso, and no, I don't go back that far. We were just talking before um, – oh, Prezioso today, right? That's right. Uh, we, I, um, I, it's like 12 or 13 years I've been, I've been playing with Aaron Moore, and, and it was like – about this time of year, they picked me up. I think it was the White Hen over on Ohio. <laughs> I, I, uh, they oh, just needed miss, a guitar player. I miss yeah. White Hen. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I used to be able the to get deli a was good really sandwich good. at the yeah. White yeah. Hen. Yeah. I remember that. Yes. And, I, and then, how did you? Were you doing Irish music? Um, my wife, my wife and I have played for years as a as a duo, folk duo, and uh, yeah. So we dabble. I, I, we call it Iroid. We we kind of do a little of this, a <laughs> little of that. And uh, and Brian and I had played in yet another band together. So yeah. it's all it all melts together. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how many years now for you? Uh. Depends. <laughs> I, I, I was threatening for years before I ever wound up full time because <laughs> yep. my, my brother and I would sit in from time to time on gigs and uh, uh, studio work and stuff. But uh, uh, I think it was just about the same time Rich when I jumped in full time. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I needed, you know, the, the work environment wasn't all that great. I needed a diversion. I needed a release. This was great. Yeah. Um, and my my brother, um, actually our family, when we get together, we play music. So we do it for the love of it more than anything else. Right. Yeah. Um, is, is it unusual here in the city of Chicago that uh, this kind of music uh, is so popular? I mean, it's popular more than just St. Patrick's Day, but... You know, this is the time of year that it's everywhere. <laughs> you can't avoid it. Right. But it, it seems like there is a really strong uh, support for, you know, these Irish folk songs uh, here in Chicago. I wonder if that's true in other places. I would guess in Boston it's probably that way, right? Exactly. Yeah. Boston, New York, Dublin, Ohio, hmm. uh, where uh, my youngest brother uh, just moved from there to this to the Midwest. And uh, he raves about the Irish music in that town. But, you know, we've played festivals in, we've played in New York, we've played in, in Dallas-Fort Worth festival there. Milwaukee? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, but I think Chicago is is especially fond of Irish music. You know, you've got the Heritage Center on the north side. Sure. You've got Gaelic Park on the south side, and lots of places that enjoy it. 
Yeah. So I'm just, ha- you know, we have people come and hear us and they say, so I wasn't sure if I wanted to come and hear Irish music, but if that's what you're playing, I really like it. Yeah. How about that? That's something. Um, the uh, Normally you're super busy this time of year. Uh, and you are going to be we're adding to your uh <laughs> your schedule uh for our wgn uh tv uh st patrick's day extravaganza we just announced we're going to be doing again on uh the 15th of march at uh, 115 bourbon street in marionette park uh so we're that, that's always crazy yes. when, when one we of the do most interesting jobs yes. i've ever played is that I'll right just leave it at that why, yeah. why, now why don't you expand on that a little bit oh, let's just say the mood at, at 6 30 in the morning yeah. was, was unusual that's yeah. true yeah. that the, is the very sea true of green. yeah that's yeah normally when people are have kind of wound up their drinking yeah you know, wound it down and yeah. they're and they're heading home this, this was full blast i don't time. know if it's just a continuation from the night before <laughs> or they're just starting anew with us but we we do uh, the show out at uh, uh 115th and uh basically kedzie it's it's just right a little bit west of kedzie on 115th street but we start doing the show out there at six o'clock in the morning yeah. and we go until uh, 10 like we always do and uh, there is nonstop drinking the entire time. Uh, there is a very, very festive uh, mood, and we bring you know our we bring our TV morning show silliness uh, along with us. And we're lucky to have people like you to come out and perform uh, for the crowd as well. So we're going to have all kinds of entertainment. And uh, when uh, we announced. That the Southside Irish guys were going to be there. People, it's like royalty is going to be uh, with us on the South Side uh, to do the song. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to you joining us uh, for that. Well, it was it was really a sight to behold. The vibe just from the the morning news crew, um, you know, all the personalities that are on camera and all the people that are off. It's it's an amazing vibe because you guys always have fun. But this is a morning of just craziness yep. and nothing but... Covered in green. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. What else is new with you guys? You mentioned uh, that you have this new album that's going to be uh, coming out. Right. Uh, did you tell me that you're, you've got a new website that's getting ready to be yeah, launched it's, also? It's almost built, so we will be replacing our old website with a new one, so that'll be fun. Um, the On the new album, we've, we're doing... A number of songs that people from the U.S. have not heard. There are a lot of singer-songwriters from Ireland that just do not get heard in the States. So we're bringing some of their music to this audience. Yeah, i got to say, of the many times that you've been on the show here with me, some of my favorites have been when you've brought guest artists with you right, uh, to perform, and people that you just would otherwise you would never get to hear, here in the U.S. anyway. Yeah, we're in t- as a matter of fact, I just heard from Marion Bradfield yeah. last night. Oh, he was here with us yeah. one year. So we've had a couple of female vocalists. Um, we had a band called Rig the Jig, which is basically a Kaylee band. We had a band called Two Time Polka from from Cork. Huh. So the name kind of makes you wonder. But they do basically Cajun music. Huh. So we got along with these people because we do an odd assortment of music. Yeah. Um, and you know, it all has... I, we, we call ourselves Irish rooted, but not limited to strictly 
jigs and reels, of course. Yeah. And, and Irish tunes. We'll look forward to that. When do you think the new album will be available? We're going to let it out uh, through CD Baby, and it'll go on all the streaming services. But we're going to drop maybe three or four songs at first, um, as as they're ready and they've been through mastering yeah. and all the processes. There's a couple people, one of which is in this room, that <laughs> still owe me a couple of tracks. Just one, just one, just one. Yeah. <laughs> to do the final mix on some of these. That's things. so funny. <laughs> That's that's so funny. Like the modern recording uh, techniques now, where everybody does their part. Sometimes in different rooms, in different places, in different states, and how the music is distributed now. Uh, you know how everything yeah, is just yeah. uh, streaming these days instead yeah. of record stores or appearances. I hope you'll get me a cassette of whatever it is. <laughs> that's what I'm. That, that's my own personal hope. Of course. Eight track. Yeah, or eight track is fine. I st- fortunately, I still have both uh, units. This album is also kind of a mix of technology because the studio that we did the basic tracks in uh, was analog. Yeah. So wow. two inch tape deck. Yeah. And reels and all analog gear. Oh wow. So the basis of this recording is it's a live recording yeah but we did part of it during covid yeah and you know kind of post-covid where we were still required to mask up right so if you don't want the vocals yeah. <laughs> so we we're retracting all the vocals and wow how about but, that? but basically as far as as the basic tracks for the songs it's live and i love the feel of that it's it has a, a whole different energy it's a different kind and, of depth isn't it because we work off of each other sure course uh we'll learn more about that in a minute and they're going to do their uh, Southside irish song for us when we come right back from a break they are aaron moore visiting with us this morning and uh so happy to have them with us as we get ready to uh get ready for saint patrick's day you guys just always sound so fantastic with the egg shaker too that's right always uh, oh you feel it's a little skull <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's just like a little egg shaped thing. That's I was going to lend it to you because I know you always like to have a That's shaker. Oh, no, no, no. I'm leaving the performance to you this morning. I'm going to leave the whole thing to you guys. Uh, how did the song Southside Irish, from where did that come? Uh, there was a, a group called Blackthorn. And um, three fellas, they wrote it. And I just noticed um, on YouTube there's somebody else that said they wrote the melody and the lyrics. Uh-huh. So. I guess not. Everybody's trying to take credit for it now. McEldowney and and Black. Okay. So they wrote it. They were doing it. Just three guys. So we started doing the song because we loved it. And uh, as we, as our band got bigger, the song got bigger. Yeah. And we got to play it. You know, we were opening shows for Tommy Makeham and playing here and there. Sure. And uh, so people started knowing us for that song. Yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, definitely legendary, and we're looking forward to you. Uh, performing it at 115 Bourbon Street on Friday, March 15th for our WGN-TV St. Patrick's Day extravaganza uh, from 6 to 10 a.m. Uh, Aaron Moore's new album will be coming out soon, a new website at AaronMoore.com, I, I'm Correct. guessing, right? And uh, here they are, as they have for all of these years, performing it live for us on WGN, Aaron Moore's Southside Irish. We're Windy City Irish. 10.38, Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. uh, We've got uh, all kinds of things still coming up for you this morning. 
including uh, my one-on-one interviews with the stars of the new number one movie in America, Dune Part Two, uh, that I saw and gave a Dean's List A minus. Had a couple of little problems with it. I'll give you my review later on when we share my A-list interviews with Timothy Chalamet, with Zendaya, with Austin Butler and Florence Pugh, and also Josh Brolin. I sat down with them all. We talked about the movie and uh, some fun things. That'll all be coming up in just a little while. Right now, it's our time for our week in theater. What's going on on stage in Chicago? We've got lots of uh, big shows that are going on. Chief among them right now, I cannot emphasize to you enough how much I want you all to go see Billy Elliot the musical. If you want just it, like 100% uh, entertainment, let me see if I can just quickly find. There was a text that uh, had come in a little earlier. Let me just see if I can quickly find. Yeah, here it is. Uh, a text that came in that says, uh, Dean, we went to the Paramount Theater to see Billy Elliot yesterday with my grandson, daughter, and mom, who just turned 90. We all loved it. It was spectacular. The young person playing Billy was so amazing. So much talent on the stage. We'll definitely be going back to the Paramount. I'm telling you what, they know how to put on a show out at the Paramount, but this production is uh, exceptional. Uh, the other day on the TV morning news, I interviewed the two actors who play Billy Elliot. They have two young men, uh, you know, who alternate the role because it's a very physically demanding uh, role. And there are certain restrictions when the actors are under a certain age of how, how much they can be worked. Uh, and they are both spectacular. They are both so articulate and well-spoken. Uh, if you take a look for that interview at WGNTV.com, uh, you will uh, enjoy it. But uh, that is a show that I cannot recommend enough for you. In town right now, also, we have Mrs. Doubtfire, the stage musical adaptation of the uh, old Robin Williams movie that is currently uh, in Chicago. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm hearing fantastic things about it. Also, a show that if you love dance, you should uh, try to get to see that is um, a, uh, a a show which is uh, based on the music of Sting. Uh, that uh, is it takes uh, Sting's music, uh, interprets a story through it, and uh, interprets it all uh, with dance, which is spectacular uh, also. Uh, so uh, there, there's some pretty gr- good shows in town right now. I wanted to focus your attention, though, on something, uh, lots of things that will be happening during the month of March. As you know, it is Women's History Month. So you're going to be seeing lots of uh, vignettes, stories, uh, documentaries, films, etc. on women's history. But here in Chicago, our theater scene is going to be uh, presenting productions that celebrate the vital role of women in American history. And here to tell us about it is uh, our friend Marissa Lynn Jones, the executive uh, CEO, rather, of the League of Chicago Theaters. Marissa, welcome back. Nice to have you with us. 
Oh, love coming on and talking to you all. Thank you so much. So uh, tell us uh, what this celebration is for Women's History Month. Uh, before we talk about uh, specifically some shows that you might recommend. Absolutely. We we just want to make sure to uplift and celebrate, um, you know, all that women have brought to our lives, um, you know, all, all we've done throughout history in order to um, propel uh, the world forward. And uh, women often get forgotten or weren't given credit. And so we want to make sure that we highlight those stories on stage and keep those stories alive. And it helps share history um, with different generations and, and, you know, triggers memories for other people. So it's a great opportunity to um, honor those people on our stage, but also to start conversations with our with our own families and loved ones about uh, their own history. Yeah, I know some of the shows uh, include uh, the Gift Theater's production of Mothers. Uh, which, oh, I saw that last night. Oh, did you really? Yeah, today is the closing, so today would be the last day to see that. How did you like it? Oh, it was a wonderful production. It, what a conversation starter, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. Um, all about, you know, how different people choose to um, raise their children, but also about, you know, the future of the next generations and um, what we're doing now to prepare for them. So uh, a great conversation piece and, and wonderfully done. The actors in that show did a great job. Yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, Plays for Women, a collection of overlooked suffrage plays uh, being put on yes. by, by Ghostlight Ensemble. Absolutely. If if you want to uh, take a glimpse into history and, and talk about things uh, forgotten, these are a lot of plays that were, were largely unknown and rarely performed. So it's a great opportunity to read about um, the suffrage movement, um, to listen to uh, those stories and hear from those playwrights who um, weren't highlighted throughout history. And um, it, it's a great it's a co-production with the uh, Dre House Museum. Uh, and it's a part of their reconsideration series, which goes into these deeper discussions and narratives. So this is a great one to start off with. And, and you have just about another week to see this show. Yeah. It goes through March 6th. I love uh, what I'm hearing about Rivendale Theater Ensemble's production of Wipeout, which is currently going on. Oh, yeah. Wipeout is about uh, three women friends who, who they've been friends for decades, and then they decide, you know, to try something different, as we as we often do. Um, they're going to try surfing lessons for the first time, and uh, you know how that can go as, as you get older and you're trying new things, or even in the pandemic when we all tried something different. It's a, a time to learn about themselves and about each other and how they navigate Friendship and fear, um, grief, unpredictable tides of life uh, is one of the descriptions. And it's set on surfboards. So if you want to see something different, uh, definitely go check out uh, Rivendell and Wipeout. And they're dedicated to advancing the lives of women in their work. That's part of their mission. So it's a great theater to support. Yeah, and a comedy, kind of a poignant comedy as well. So uh, Mother Courage and Her Children uh, being put on by the Trapdoor Theater. What do you know about that one? Yeah, Mother Courage. Um, so this one is, is uh, one of the, the greatest plays, but it's about um, how Mother Courage is, is um, trying to survive. It celebrates um, 
30 years of, of war and, and how she prospered during that time, how she came through and triumphed, especially uh, as a woman during that time. And it's, uh, it's got music as well. So um, it's a, a musical narrative and it's a, a great time to go and get a little piece of that, you know, um, older history and, and, you know, narrative and fiction and bring that together. Uh, great show to see yeah there's also uh the production of pretty women uh the musical that is returning <laughs> to <laughs> chicago pretty woman. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i am um, that was one of the shows the movies i love to see when when i was little so this is um a great way you know we've seen a couple of of movies to stage that we've seen including you mentioned mrs doubtfire so um you know this is a, a nostalgia piece that i'm sure everybody will enjoy um when yeah. we see this musical based on the uh, richard Gere and julia roberts movie but this one is set to music it was here in chicago i think if i remember correctly it did its pre-broadway run here in Chicago, uh, yes, several yes, years ago, Broadway but, in Chicago. But that's mm-hmm. that's here in Chicago, March twelfth through seventeenth. Same dates for My Fair Lady, which is uh, coming back into Chicago. Could there be a, a better story of uh, you know a woman making good than uh, the classic one with all of those wonderful songs? Oh yes, you know this is another one that kind of got me into theater. My uh, my godmother used to play this movie on repeat when, when she would watch me. Yeah. Um, but you know I could have danced all night. The rain in Spain, the classic, oh. the classic, you know, sayings that we have. Um, my fair lady is, is going to be a, a great show filled with that music that we remember. Yeah, the uh, Gloria Estefan story. Uh, Get on your feet oh. is coming back to Chicago March nineteenth through twenty fourth. We're going to have a busy uh, month of March here in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, it's a great time to go see theater on stage. It really is. If people want to get information about these shows and more, uh, the League of Chicago Theaters website is a great place. It kind of has it all in one place, doesn't it? Yeah, we have uh, so chicagoplays dot com is where you can see um, all the shows, and then you make sure to get some discounted tickets on hotticks dot org. Yeah, I really appreciate you joining us as always, Marissa Lynn Jones, CEO of the League of Chicago Theaters. I hope you have a great Sunday today. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you joining us. And when we come back from the break, our friend uh, Ronnie Marmo, who uh, brought us the Lenny Bruce. Uh, play uh, a couple of years ago now is coming back with that show Lenny Bruce he's got another show but he was also uh, friends and uh, made acquaintances with Richard Lewis the comedian who passed away this week and he's got kind of a poignant story to tell we'll get to that next and at 1051 we continue our week in theater what's going on on stage in Chicago a couple of weeks ago we uh Broke the news to you about our pal Ronnie Marmo coming back to Chicago. He brought us the uh, one-man show, I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce. It was such a big hit here in Chicago, and we announced that he's bringing not only that show back, but another called Bill W. and Dr. Bob. Uh, Ronnie's on the line with us right now. Uh, we'll, We'll tell you how you can go see those shows. But, Ronnie, first of all, welcome back. Good to uh, talk to you. Uh, we were in communication this week when the very sad news of comedian Richard Lewis uh, broke. And you shared a story about how Richard came to see your 
Lenny Bruce show because he was such a fan of the classic comedian Lenny Bruce. Uh, share that story with everybody. Absolutely. Well, first of all, good morning, Dean. Thanks for having me on. You're the best. Um, yeah, you know, Richard Lewis is one of my heroes, and I, and I love him. And I also understood that he was one of Lenny's heroes. And so one night I'm standing backstage just about to go on, and I hear this guy in the audience in Los Angeles. It was early in the run when we first opened. And he's like literally saying, who the heck does this guy think he is playing my hero? So he's like heckling me and turning the entire audience against me. And I'm standing backstage and I go to the stage manager. I said, is Richard Lewis here? Because I know his voice, you know. And she said, yes, he's here. I was like, oh, my God, he's turning everybody against me. And so I come out after the show and he sat in the front row, come out after the show. And he had tears running down his face. And he said, you did it. You did it. And he kept hugging and kissing me. So. It was it was wild, you know. It was incredible, and then we struck up a beautiful friendship for the past seven years. And you know, he was so kind and just generous, and we would write notes to each other, and just wonderful. Didn't he share a, a pretty poignant note with you about what Lenny meant to him, what you meant to him in interpreting Lenny the way that you do? In uh, I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. He certainly did. When I got home that night, we had exchanged info. We got home when I got home that night. I I found an email from Richard saying he wrote this whole like review slash love letter saying you know every time somebody attempts to do Lenny I'm always disappointed Lenny was my hero he said but not this time and and he said all these beautiful things and then ultimately he said at the end it was like seeing Mickey Mantle finally hit it out of the stadium oh wow what a compliment and, uh, and it was wild yeah I mean I, I'm still pinching myself all these years later you know. Yeah, what what did uh, Richard Lewis mean to you as a uh, performer? I mean, a lot of us were such big fans. Uh, I, I remember back in the day when I would see him on Johnny Carson or David Letterman. You know, cl- those classic Richard Lewis days where he was just completely on fire and so self deprecating in, in what he did. It was a completely different style of uh, stand up comedy that. I found so refreshing. And then whenever, well, he, you, yeah. whenever he was in Chicago, and he loved coming to Chicago, loved performing here, he would always come on the show. And, you know, we just, you know, learned what a, what a kind, lovely, wonderful person that he was. Underneath all that neurosis, <laughs> there, was, there was this uh, child, almost, yeah. you know, this lovely, lovely human being. Well, that's, you said it perfectly. I was going to say he felt like, I don't know if he was the first, but certainly felt like, the most, you know, dominant uh, uh, comedian who would, uh, you know, was so self-deprecating and was so funny, and he didn't point the finger at anybody else. His comedy was about him and his neurosis and his craziness, and you said it perfectly. That's what I loved about it. And then, obviously, many people after that, comics who came after him, obviously took that to heart. There's a lot of great comics today who, you know, approach their material exactly the same way. I mean, you look at like a Don Rickles, and Rickles came before him, but Rickles, you know, was very funny, and he just kind of beat up everybody. You know, nobody yeah. was uh, nobody was safe with Don Rickles. But, but Richard turned it inside. He went the other way with it. It was just fantastic. And his neurosis, and he was just so funny, and it was. I felt like I got a, a peek inside of his mind. You know what I mean? It was really wild to, like, watch him. And he was the kindest, gentlest. I mean, this guy, here's the truth, Dean. Like, when people come and review Lenny Bruce... Uh, of course, I care what the reviewers think, but it's guys like that when you go, okay, they really know. Forget the show for a second. They know who Lenny was. And so that's the review that really tells me I'm I'm doing something yeah. well, you know.
Yeah. Uh, the, just remind everybody of when you're bringing your shows uh, back to Chicago. I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. Uh, plus this uh, other new show that you're going to be bringing here, Bill W. and Dr. Bob. Explain what that is, first of all, and when when these shows are going to be coming back to Chicago. Well, I'm actually standing in the Biograph Theater right now on Lincoln, and we're in tech. Uh, so we're, there's wires and craziness and lights hanging all over the place. So I'm here now teching the shows. We open Bill W. and Dr. Bob. We preview this Thursday, and we open Friday night. And we're scheduled for a six-week run, but, you know, hopefully that'll go beyond. That's the hope. Uh, and Bill W. and Dr. Bob is the origin story of Alcoholics Anonymous and how these two men came together and basically, you know, created the greatest revolution of, you know, the 20th century So and changed the world. And so that's opening this week. And then uh, Lenny Bruce, I'm not a comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce, directed by the great Chicago uh, actor Joe Montaigne. We open next week on the 14th. So we have both shows running in rep, and I'm playing Lenny, and I'm also playing Bill Wilson in, in the other show. So. Yeah, that's uh, what, it, what, what have you learned by doing this uh, Lenny Bruce show as it's evolved? Have, have you gotten to different places in Lenny's life as a performer have you uh you know made new explorations as as you've done this oh a ton and if people have seen the show in chicago before as you said it was a really big hit here and i was so blessed to have so many people support it but as the playwright it's dangerous because i'm always tinkering and i'm like okay i love this bit let's put this in the show i want to talk about this part of his life so joe montagna yells me and says stay off google please i can't have you uh, change the script too often but but uh, I learned so much. And what's beautiful about a one-man show is, like, where you are today is where the material takes you. I don't, I've done 438 performances, and I have to imagine I'd be pretty bored if it was just a cookie-cutter performance. And so I show up every night where I am, where the material takes me. Uh, it's kind of where it is, and that's why people have seen it multiple times, because even though the words are close to the same, it's it's a pretty different experience nightly. So I can imagine. Uh, I mean, yeah. channeling, uh, you know, one of one of the greatest yet most controversial uh, comedians of all time has to be a, a very interesting experience. And then uh, the other show, the Bill W. show, uh, and, uh, you know, sort of the uh, creation of uh, A.A., uh, is mm-hmm. has uh, also got to be very uh, profound. I can't wait to see that. I'm I'm super excited to see what you're uh, going to do with that. And well, thank you. It, it's really interesting to play both guys. One uh, Lenny passed at forty of a, of an overdose. Sadly, what a tragic life. And Bill Wilson found recovery at thirty nine. So that's wait a minute. I never put that together till this moment. That's really that? interesting. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I never really put that together to this moment. Wow. People, so it, it's it's a ride. Yeah, people want to get more info or tickets. Uh, what's the best way to do all that right now? Well, for Bill W., you just go to Bill W. and Dr. Bob on stage.com. And for uh, Lenny Bruce, it's just Lenny Bruce on stage.com. Both of those will take you to uh, where you need to go. And we're, we're playing at the Biograph, and I'm excited to say we're kind of, you know, hoping to be a, a part of revitalizing this beautiful theater. And I know it's been dark for a few years, and, uh, we're just so excited about it. So. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to come and see the show. It's always great to talk to you, and we'll see you real soon, my friend. Thank you. 
Thank you, Dean. I appreciate you. Take Here care, buddy. is our pal Ronnie Marmo with his shows. Still to come on the program, we will be talking with the stars of the new number one movie in America, Dune Part 2. Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Austin Butler, Florence Pugh, and Josh Brolin are on the way. So has the polar plunge taken place yet? It started at 10 o'clock. So they're done polaring. Well, perhaps, yeah. Uh, the water temperature's in the 30s. The air temperature, as we said, yeah, 58 along the lake. Interesting combination of uh, temperatures here. And I don't recall, you know, the polar plunge, you know, the day of the polar plunge being this warm. Right. The water's always in the 30s. I wonder, if it makes it, I wonder if it makes it more uncomfortable when, you know, because often when you would get in the water... When it was sub-zero outside, the water was actually warmer than the, the air. The water air warmer than the air, yes. <clears throat> but yeah. in this case, it's going to be a little more pleasant, I guess, right? Although 58 is no... No. That's, and, that's and not if there's, exactly comfortable either. If there's, if there's wind, uh, we do have winds... Well, gusty winds up to 30 miles an hour right now yeah. in spots. So That used to be my radio name, by the way, Gusty Winds. <laughs> <laughs> so you were Dean yeah, Diamond. Yeah, Gusty Winds. And Gusty right Winds. Yeah, Gusty Winds playing the hits. <laughs> Blowing through the hits on W. Well, w. What? WWW. <laughs> <laughs> so the polar plunge is, uh, there. there's a bunch of polar plunges today in Yorkville, uh, on the Fox River, and the one downtown at North Avenue. There's one on the Fox River. That's what in I'm Yorkville. Told. Okay. I'm told that there are three different polar hmm. pr- plunges today. We've got all my polar plunge correspondents <laughs> reporting back to me today. Didn't we have uh, Vince Vaughn come in after right after doing he polar, the polar plunged? plunged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was still dripping, <laughs> as many of our guests often do. <laughs> They're still leaking when they came in. I'll always remember the look on Jimmy Fallon's face, though, coming out of the water. It was just this <laughs> look of horror. <laughs> now, did the mayor, uh, did he do the polar now, plunge today? The word was he was, uh, he was he was supposed to be at the site. Whether or not he actually did the plunge, we don't know yet. But evidently, he was to make an appearance there. I don't think but ever, I don't know if he jumped in. We've never had a politician actually I don't think so. do the no. dunk. no. Not that I recall. So that you seems know. like something Jane Byrne would have done. <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're that right. Girl, that girl loved a good party. Yes. Yeah. I, I I could see her. You know, just going right in and. <laughs> you and, know what? I see. I see her running into the water, uh, smoking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, smoking brushing, a heater, brushing by reporters, going, "Madam Mayor, are you not afraid of the water?" No. <laughs> no. Jane Bird. Uh, I uh, back back in the old days, Shwani, when you and I used to work at WCFL. Yeah, WCFL, Super CFL. Uh, Jane Byrne came in one morning, and uh, you know we we were all supposed to be there to you know greet her and thank her for being there. So I was there, and I was wearing a light colored blazer. And uh, I somehow, I guess I was so excited, <laughs> I sweated through. <laughs> I sweated through so my So you sport had sweat coat. stains on the coat. I have pictures. <laughs> there is photographic evidence of me standing and posing with the mayor, and you could see <laughs> my armpits, my armpits stained through my jacket. 
Uh, what an idiot. I wonder what she thought. Was she on with uh, Fred? She was on with Fred Winston, yes. Yeah, that morning. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then when she saw you, she thought, yeah, that's right, it. Right, I'm right. out of here. And I wonder why she called me Pity McPittington all these years. <laughs> all right. It is 1113. That's Dean Richards. Sunday morning. WGN. Talking to the... Stars of the new number one movie in America in just a little while. Uh, the new number one movie is going to be uh, Dune Part 2. And the stars are Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Austin Butler, Florence Pugh, Josh Brolin, among many others. Christopher Walken is also in the movie. Uh, j- just a whole list of stars, but those are the ones that we talk to, and uh, we'll share uh, my one-on-one interviews uh, with th- them coming up in just a-, a few minutes. Either of you see either of the Dune movies when the first one when it came out? I have not seen either of them. Schwani? Oh no, Schwani. Schwani's got a newsroom to run. Does he know we're doing a show right now? I think he forgot. It's been a, you know it's been a week. Sweet rolls must be in. Did you uh, page me? <laughs> I don't know if you know that we do a show here yeah. on Sunday from 9 <laughs> well, to 1. Well, I have a newsroom to run. 9 to 1. And don't call me chief. <laughs> You've got a newsroom to run. <laughs> what were you talking about? He was putting pads of butter on his apple strudel. <laughs> what, were you, what were you discussing? We're discussing the movie Dune. Oh, I've been to the Dunes many times. Have I you, love to go Have out. you seen the movie called Dune? Well, I've been out to the Dunes. In Chesterton, all, Indiana? Yes, yeah. and many times. I've been, there. I used to Sleeping go there. Bear Dunes up in uh, the northern Michigan. Yeah, but the movie uh, Dune, uh, part one. Oh, there's a movie about them now? Well, there was uh, three years ago when it first came out, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, seriously. It's not for everybody. No, Ron Brown here and I were just discussing it. Really? No, I have not seen the movie. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, remember the Lord of the Rings when Mm -hmm, that came mm -hmm. out? It's it's a little like that. It's set in a mythical place at a mythical time and all the names are, you know, mythical. And at times I didn't, honestly, I did not even understand what was going on because I didn't, you know, it's hard to like understand the names of places and people and, you know, things that they're referring to unless you've got a working knowledge of the whole thing. I liked I liked the first movie, but same thing. I was a little confused. The second one, uh, same thing. It's a spectacular looking movie and the performances are great. Uh, but I didn't I, I got I had to actually go see the movie twice because I saw it the first time and I was like, eh, I'm not sure I'm getting this. So I went and saw it a second time, and it did help. But you shouldn't have to see a movie twice, right, to understand True. It. Yeah. That's a lot of popcorn to eat. This <laughs> is two movies. One exception to the rule on that. Hmm. Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Oh, I don't think I could see that twice. I've seen it any number of times. Well, I'm over, it over the take, years. It o- takes a, yeah, but it, you know, there are, it's a very, very complicated plot. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to miss some things uh, the first time you see it. I know I did. 
This shouldn't surprise you, but uh. I uh, <laughs> I don't know why. You know, you know who else does that all the time is uh, Christopher Nolan, the director. Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan, mm-hmm. he makes his movies overly complex. Yeah, like the Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer movie. Yeah, well, Oppenheimer was uh, I, I think one of his more clear. Oh, it was great. Yeah, but movies like Tenant. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, there was another one where like buildings were melting, and uh, I can't remember the name of it, but. Uh, overly complex for my simple mind. <laughs> Give me a good Bugs Bunny Roadrunner cartoon, and, I, and I'm pretty happy. Meet me. Or any of the Three Stooges shorts. Any of the Three Stooges shorts. <laughs> Perfectly happy with any of those. Okay. Um, something interesting has happened with uh, the Kellogg's Company. You know the Kellogg's Company, don't you? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They make a K E double L O double good Kellogg's best to you. Uh, they are encouraging people to eat cereal for dinner. Oh, I saw something about that. Yeah, uh, oh. because of, they say because of inflation uh, that it's uh, a terrific bargain for people to uh, eat cereal for dinner. Which, first of all, am I uh, incorrect? But isn't inflation actually getting better? Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. Um, so there, there's that. But um, Kellogg's is saying with uh, the inflation rate where it is right now, they think people should uh, switch to cereal for dinner. Is that something that either of you would do? No, no. See, What's now, the difference, really? I could eat cereal day and night without any problem. My wife thinks it's a guy thing. Uh, because she knows several uh, uh, people that have husbands that do it as well. Uh, I don't know if I would recommend it, but I could do it. Nutritionally, I don't think that's... That's the problem. with uh, That's the, the main issue that she has, yeah. because there's no nutritional value yeah, whatsoever. It's all, it's all yeah. carbs, right? Correct. Cereal pretty much is all carbs. And, Sugar. and per, Well, depending, you know, like you, if you have Fruit Loops. <laughs> Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks. Frosted Flakes. Count, sugar Smacks and Sugar Pops. Count Chocula. <laughs> Frankenberry. Mm. You know what I used to love? I haven't had it in decades. Captain Crunch. Oh, oh with yes, the crunch berries. Yes. With the crunch berries. Oh. Crunch. And it's it, it's worth having the roof of your mouth get torn open. Yes. <laughs> with the shards. With the shards of glass <laughs> that they Yes, indeed. That's what it's like, but it's so delicious. Oh. How can you how can you turn it away? And I've I've often thought I want to go get some. Just to see if it's still as delicious as I remember. But I'm too afraid I'll be disappointed. Well, you know what else? I mean, they're not saying this in the story, but the, a box of cereal is, is not cheap anymore. Well, I guess, you know, compared to fixing a full dinner is what they're... Okay. Yeah. You know, you pay several dollars for a box of cereal. It's going to last you several All meals. Right. I got you. Yeah. I bought a box of cereal uh, yesterday because, as you know, I go to the grocery store on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cover my groceries because I don't want anyone uh, shaming me. Oh, I've seen the surveillance video. I don't want anyone <laughs> judging. I don't want anyone judging my purchases. <laughs> oh Lord! But I, I I bought a box of cereal, uh, six bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's not cheap. I know. And I had a coupon. Oof. 
What'd you buy? Lucky Charms? No, one of those healthy cereals. Oh, a healthy cereal. My What's brother, it? my brother, and I used to love the little variety packs you can get. The those little, were good. Oh, the little boxes because then you could good. mix and match. You could yep. put a couple of cereals together. Yeah. Hmm. See, the problem is I had three older brothers. Ah, okay. So they would always get the really good, the good stuff, and leave you with the one. And the I one would, thing in that box that was never good. I would get like special K or something. <laughs> cornflakes. <laughs> oh, I like cornflakes. Corn Not as a kid, though. Uh, kind of. If, you know, if it was between cornflakes or raisin bran or oh, or special K, raisin bran, one hundred percent, so good. But the cornflakes you had to eat fast, otherwise they got they all got very soggy, soggy. Yep. They yeah, got pukey. No. So are you the kind of person that puts the cereal in the bowl first and then the milk, or the milk first and then the cereal? Mm. Cereal in the bowl first. That's why I go, I go that way too. Fruit, yes. Bananas, blueberries, strawberries. That's exactly what, what yeah. I put in my cereal yesterday. Yep. Yeah. 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 My newly purchased six dollars. All of cereal. the above, or <laughs> did you uh, did you mix and match that also? Bananas and blueberries. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Very good. It's the only time I'll eat an overripe uh, banana is in cereal. Hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just too mushy. It's too gross. Yeah. You know, to just eat it as a banana. That's but right. For some reason, when you put it in the cereal, it's I, I don't mind it. Well, you know, it's mixed in with the milk and the cereal itself, so it's not you know just the banana all by itself. Yeah. So, I'm with you on that also. Somebody on the phone line here says that they paid $8 for a box of cereal? I believe it. I'm not surprised, depending on what it is. Wow. Somebody else making the point that 14-ounce box of Cheerios is three seventy nine, a one-pound pork shoulder, two sixty six. So, there you go. So, this is why they're saying eat it for dinner. But it's more expensive, though. More expensive, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, but there's several but the, servings, though. Just the it. pleasure, though, of I don't, I don't know if I'd be satisfied with a bowl of cereal. That's like a snack before you go to bed or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you well, wake up in the middle of the night and you want you're hungry, and you pour yourself a little bowl of cereal. Yeah. And I'm such a creature of habit when it comes to that. Uh, cereal is for the morning, for breakfast. Yeah. You know. I don't know if I could do it for dinner. I could eat breakfast all day long. You could do it all day. Oh, man. I could have a nice waffle for dinner. That'd be great. Bowl of cereal. Count me in. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting inside the nutritional mind of Andy Mason. <laughs> or lack thereof, yes. Now, would you have a side dish with this? Sure. A leg. Maybe <laughs> get a little nutrition value and get a little protein going. Now, what is... I, I'm not judging it. I, I, I probably could do that, too. Yeah. But how interesting, though... The point that Malia makes, your wife makes, yep. that it's a guy thing, that yeah. we, we could do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's just her thought. I mean, I, I'm sure there are a lot of women that could do it as well. But I'm one of those people that I, I always was able to eat the, eat the cereal all day long. How about tricks? Mm. Do you like tricks? Yeah, oh, tricks. Yes. Yeah, we're good. Silly rabbit. Tricks Ooh. are for kids. <laughs> Love tricks. <laughs> How about the little, hey, we had the uh, Irish group in. How about a little Lucky Charms? Lucky Charms. Magically delicious. Magically exactly. delicious. So good. Yep. I used to try to eat the marshmallows out of there before the cereal. I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pick the other the thing. That's the other thing uh, of having three older brothers. They would pick out all the marshmallows. Mm-hmm. I'd be left with the, like the cereal dust that was. Yes. What about Apple Jacks? Remember Apple Jacks? Hey, it's for Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that the Monkees TV show was sponsored by Kellogg's? Really? And that they did... Remember when the, the stars of the show would do commercials 
for their sponsors. Yeah, they would do endorsements. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen to this. The Monkees, brought to you by Kellogg. K E double L O double good. Kellogg's best to you. How about that? Nice. That's kind of cool, isn't it? That's nice. 1966. And this is the one uh, that Schwanee was singing. Actually, I remembered it uh, also. Oh, that sounds great. Good morning. The best to you each morning. K-E-L-L-O-Double-Good-Kellogg's best to you. Now for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) It isn't just for breakfast. Oh, that's a different company. (laughs) I may have to stop and get me a box of Captain Crunch on the way home today. (laughs) I might have to do the same thing now. Yeah, you've got me thinking about it. You know, it's good to just uh, eat But we'll it, talk about it next week. Eat it dry as, as we eat As we eat in front of our audience. If we, have, uh, if we each have Captain Crunch cereal, our mouths will be in intensive care. <laughs> we won't be able to talk next week. Speaking of the old TV morning news, uh, we've got some great guests lined up for you uh, next week, uh, including Eugene Levy. Of SCTV fame, of Schitt's Creek's fame. Uh, he's got a brand new series called The Reluctant Traveler, where he goes, his producer picks places for him to go, which are dangerous, which are provocative, which are places he might not choose to go on his own, but he does. Uh, and it's a really entertaining show. Season two is about to premiere. So Eugene Levy will be joining us on Tuesday. Uh, later in the week, I uh, had a great conversation with Millie Bobby Brown, who you uh, may know from Stranger Things, probably. She's been in a bunch of movies, but she's starring in a new Netflix movie that's called Damsel. I went to New York uh, actually on Friday and uh, had a great chat with her. We'll share that with you on TV this week. We've got Josh Brolin uh, coming up. Same interview that we're going to uh, share with you here coming up in just uh, a few minutes. Lots of good stuff. My A-list interviews and much more all on our WGN-TV morning news. Uh, we've got some free tickets to give away for uh, some theater. We've been talking about Billy Elliot at the main theater at the Paramount in Aurora. Uh, which is fantastic, and I can't recommend enough. But, you know, they have this new theater now, this uh, 165-seat Copley Theater, which is right down the street. And uh, March 13th through April 21st, they are putting up A Streetcar Named Desire, the classic play. Uh, And it's, you know, it's in a much more intimate setting. Uh, It's a really kind of a perfect venue for a production like this. And we have got two pair of tickets to give away for you to see it. Uh, let's go with callers number seven and caller uh, number eight. Caller seven and eight on our contest line, which is 312-981-7200. Pair of tickets to see A Streetcar Named Desire at the Paramount's new Copley Theater. Uh, it runs March 13th through April 21st. If you want to get tickets on your own, you can go to ParamountAurora.com to do that. 11.35, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Music from the new number one movie in America, Dune Part 2. The uh, box office returns on this are uh, pretty great. It's really the first big blockbuster of the year, as it turns out. 
the uh, movie Dune Part 2 has already taken in double in its opening weekend what Dune Part 1 took over. So there was, you know, obviously a lot of interest in uh, this sequel. Uh, it's uh, looking like it's going to wind up taking in around $80 million, which is pretty spectacular for this time of year. Normally, uh, new movies don't make that much. Honestly, this time of year, normally new movies are not that good. They don't put uh, you know a lot of new movies out when we are getting ready for the Academy Awards, which is next Sunday, by the way. It's already uh, right here. But they're figuring people are going to go see Oscar movies instead of any new movies. So normally they just put in their junk in uh, January, February, and the early part of of March. Uh, But this time they put in a big blockbuster, and it's paying big returns. Looks like it's going to be $80 million, double the amount that the first Dune uh, took in. And uh, I guess I gave it a pretty good review. I gave it an A-. I rated it. Dean's List A minus, and my biggest problem that I had with the the movie was that I I found it difficult to follow along. Uh, I I know a lot of people who went back and saw the first movie. They went back and read the the original uh, Frank Herbert novel. They went back and read a lot of Cliff Notes. They did a lot of homework before they went to see uh, this movie. And I just don't feel like you should have to do that much work to go and see a movie. I feel like a movie should be presented to you and it should be clear. It should have a, you know, the beginning, middle and ending. And it should all be clear uh, when you go to see it. And a lot of directors disagree with that and they want people to make up their own endings and they want, they want people to go ahead and, you know, do a lot of uh, deep digging before they go see the movie. Some people enjoy that experience. I do not happen to be one of those uh, people. I, I like everything to be clear when I sit down. So that's, that's me. And I, thought the movie was a little overly um, difficult to follow, mostly because I think of the uh, the language that's used. And it follows the original uh, book, I'm told. I, I've never read it. I'm not particularly a fan of sci-fi fantasy, which is what this is. It's very much to me like Lord of the Rings, which I also was not especially a fan of. Uh, I tried to read the Tolkien books. I found them overly complex. Maybe this is just a statement on, you know, the simplicity of me. But that's how I am. So um, I actually went to see Dune Part 2 twice. I thought, okay, I didn't get it the first time. I must have missed something. So I went back and sat through the movie again. And I got a few things that I didn't catch the first time. But still, pretty much, there was a lot that, uh, you know, just wasn't there for me. That said, I still rated this movie an A-. minus. The minus is because of the clarity of it. But uh, this is an incredibly multi-layered, super complex, beautiful visual movie. uh, Really like the pinnacle of movie making. That's how great I think the the French-Canadian director Denis Villeneuve uh, has done with attention, mostly attention to uh, detail in this movie visually. Uh, It is 
cinematography spectacular uh overwhelmingly original sights and technologies and creatures at times i i felt the same way that i did when i saw my first star wars movie and you know it's just sort of dazzling to see some of the creativity that came out of this so um you know it's basically a story of uh good people and good intentions battling evil for the world as they know it. Story of uh, battling factions of nomads and royals, um, a young warrior in particular, played by Timothy Chalamet, who survives an attack that wiped out most of his family uh, and now is seeking uh, revenge on the ruling uh, class. Uh, now, that's basically, in, in a very, very simplistic nutshell, uh, is what this uh, movie is about. So, you know, I've been telling people if you're going to go see the movie, do your homework, uh, you know, pay close attention. Uh, this is not a movie that's going to be spoon fed to you. This is a movie you're going to have to work at uh, in order to uh, completely observe it. And I'm also telling people when you go to see this movie, see it on as big a screen as possible. Visually, it will blow your mind. It, it, that's how cool it looks. So I think overall I loved the movie. I I, I could have I, I could have found some improvements in it. I think the problem is more me. Uh, the other thing that I really liked in this movie is uh, there is just one star after another in this uh, film. Josh Brolin is one of the stars. We'll hear from him in a few minutes. Christopher Walken uh, is uh, it's a very different kind of Christopher Walken role. He's in it. Uh, there is the actress Zendaya, maybe one of the hottest actresses out there right now. Florence Pugh uh, is in the movie. The actor who played Elvis uh, a couple of years ago now, Austin Butler, is uh, a fantastic villain in this movie. But the lead character in this movie is the man who gave us Willy Wonka, uh, you know, uh, right around Christmas time. Uh, this is a completely different role as he stars in Dune Part 2. He is actor Timothy Chalamet. And m- much of this movie now is shot in the desert. They uh, they shot this movie, uh, you know, up to their knees in sand. So, you know, my first question, while a little ridiculous, uh, still kind of made sense. My biggest question when I was walking out, though, was how many places did you find sand that you didn't even <laughs> know sand could possibly exist on the human body? Well, thank God Jackie West, our costume designer, she had many an escape trap uh, for the boots <laughs> and the suits. So yeah. I, I didn't find myself uh, sand swept too often. Uh, yeah. It seemed like the ultimate beach experience, you know, when you go to the beach and... You wind up, it's like, how did sand get there? There's no water, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah except there's no water. He wasn't hungry, so he didn't yeah, I was hungry, yeah. so I had a complete... Oh, so you were completely devoid of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about uh, the physicality of this for, for both of you, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've, you've both done physical things before, but is this exceptional when you're doing something this big? Yeah, I would say so, and also a privilege that uh, there's a certain uh, stretch uh, uh with the tone and the fact that it's on another planet in the future, but that the actual physical production is is arduous to a benefit of your performance because you can go through what you're actually going through as opposed to if it was shot on a stage and and you had to simulate being out of breath or physically tired. I mean, for our fight scene, I think we were both properly cooked by the end of it, you know. Um, 
you know that adds to it right absolutely when, when there's no magic behind what absolutely you're doing and physically and I'm, I'm i really need that as an actor and as a performer mm. i'm always awestruck by the there's the old uh uh dustin hoffman story with uh you, you guys know that story the when, you ever tried acting story oh yeah yeah, yeah. Want to try acting yeah i'm with, with uh, lawrence olivia with lawrence olivia yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm Was the definition of that yeah in marathon yeah. marathon yeah. Yeah. i'm running around yeah, you know yeah, just trying yeah. to yeah, achieve what the character's physically going through. But that's, I mean, what we had with our fight, it was, it, it felt like you were walking out onto a tightrope mm -hmm. because it was so meticulous and it was, mm -hmm. it was a long fight as yeah. well. And, and then on top of that, we have all these actors and, and people on the crew that we respect so much yeah. watching us. And so you, you have this heightened level of, Focus that comes about because you don't want to fall off the tightrope and let everybody yeah. down and yeah And so yeah, it was incredibly was focused. Is playing bad Austin. Is it, is it more, so more fun? fun? Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, he's uh he was a delicious character to dig into. Delicious character. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed the baldness of it all. I got to say, it's like yeah, yeah. finally Austin yeah, in the same family. Yeah, gotten the correct hairdo. Yeah. It is kind of liberating, though. It is. I don't know if it was yeah. a skin cap or not, or if you actually shaved it, it off. Well, but. I was going right to a film after, so I, oh. I, I, they asked me not to shave my okay. head. So the incredible makeup team designed this uh, gorgeous bald head. Yeah. What is uh, what does Denny bring? to your performances and to this film you think that other directors may not? Hmm. He's a remarkable filmmaker, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, I could give you a million different answers. The one that's coming to mind right now is restraint. And uh, mm -hmm. not that I feel like I struggle with that on this one or the first film, but nothing about the size of the set, the legacy, the material, how huge the stakes are, uh, uh, encourages Denis' worldview of the movie to be grand. I don't know how else to put it. Mm -hmm. Even though the movie is so epic and big, I never, I've rarely found him. Uh, I'm using that as an anecdote to, to just try to show what a strong director he is. That it was always in the pocket. That's the best way I can explain it. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so it's a great lesson for me. Just because the movie gets bigger yeah. doesn't mean you, the stakes have to be out of touch. Right. It's a good for you, also. Similar. Yeah, yeah, it's it's similar, and, and it's uh, um, yeah, restraint is a good word because he never, he never felt uh, pressured to give you an answer immediately, which I loved about him. I, I I often talk about that phrase that he says where he says, "I'm going to go home and I'm going to dream on it." Mm -hmm. um, so where if he didn't, if if you know, I came to him with an idea of like when I I said, you know, what if what if I use this voice, and um, I said, I, he said, and he, I did it for him for a while, and then he said, I'm going to go home and dream on it. Wow. And then he went home, and, and then he came back, and he said, I think this is the right way to go. And uh, and so I, I I think I learned a lot from that, you know, in the sense of it, it's okay to take your time and to, to, to let it marinate and uh, not feel like you have to jump to any answer. And um, and he has such a, a mastery over his craft. Um, but then to watch him collaborate with every department was really uh, incredible to watch. Interesting to hear him talking about using a voice because a lot of people are saying that Austin Butler, who just heard at the end of that interview, is still doing his Elvis voice. He's not. That's his, that's his voice. He's just a very soft-spoken young man. Uh, so his voice is just, you know, barely above a whisper. I don't think it's Elvis-like at all, really, anymore. 
but a, kind of an interesting behind-the-scenes look at uh, these two actors, two of the hottest actors that there are up on the scene right now, starring in this uh, new movie. One a good guy and one a bad guy. Uh, also, the two leading ladies in this movie uh, are also great. That's another thing which uh, the uh, movie impressed me with was it's uh, stories of female strength. Some of the strongest uh, characters in the movie are women, uh, played by uh, Florence Pugh and also actress Zendaya. I can't wait for my, my nieces to see it, and I want them to feel as powerful as you made me feel watching you. Was that something for you, Zendaya? Yeah, absolutely. I think something we've we've been talking about in, in these interviews is is the fact that while they all all of the characters are are strong and powerful female characters i think they they also are nuanced and and complicated and um they have a lot of depth mm. and i think that that for for actresses also it, it's nice to be able to experience a variety of different types of characters um where they don't all just have to be like strong female mm. characters you know they do have moments of vulnerability and well and what does strong mean yeah like, exactly they're both such different characters mm-hmm. they've both been through so many and they display strength in different ways in completely different ways in completely different and yet they are both strong and they've mm. had different lives and different backgrounds and different training Absolutely. and they both represent a version of strong it's a very beautiful way of of viewing different people yeah is that uh, do you think that's sort of a trend with movies now or do you see it changing where women are women roles are stronger uh more prevalent than they were in the past Totally. I also think more recently there's been a new conversation of like, why are they so strong? Like, n- not everyone is so strong, and and to be strong is a mixture of many things, and um, it doesn't necessarily need to represent itself in being perfect or or being able to fight your own battles. Like, the, we as humans are incredibly complex and incredibly. Uh, multi-layered and incredibly emotional and strong doesn't necessarily need to be that stereotype of not breaking I think it's probably even stronger when someone does and I think that's what we're seeing in both of these characters of what what's the edge what's the end how Mm. far can they be pushed and how how much can they can protect themselves and what they stand for yeah you all uh, much of the cast of this movie represent sort of the new list of top breed of A-listers uh, that are out there right now. And I wonder if, uh, living or dead, is there is there an actor with whom you would have liked to have worked, performed, that you hope to wow. uh, someday? Somebody that you've admired that was like, wow, I would love to be in a movie with who? I mean, that's a long list. Yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. say it's a long list. It's a long list, but I also think that what's so beautiful about this film is I've been able to now work with them, yeah. <laughs> which is really True. crazy. I, I, I don't. While I didn't have many moments with Mr. Walken, and I was too afraid to speak to him. 
Um, I still can say that I was technically <laughs> you know what I mean so um, yeah it's just those kind of pinch me moments in, in films like this where you're like whoa I, I'm, I'm here I don't know if I even you know if I feel qualified to be yeah. here but I'm here <laughs> yeah, and everyone felt that as well everyone was yeah. like really yeah. I'm allowed to be me? in this room <laughs> <laughs> with, so, with Christopher Walken, everyone. Found I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. But I also, so. just being in that room at the yeah. end was just absolutely wild. Like every second, you look in every direction, and there's an actor that you've admired for yeah. your entire career, and and you've wanted to like pick their brains or or just like be in the same presence as them and then you get to act with them and you get to watch them reacting to what you've just given them mm. it's like it's an amazing experience yeah is there one person in particular outside this movie that you would like to who's passed away well uh, living or dead I, I i would have loved to have just been on a set with robin williams mm. just just because he means so much yeah. he's like a pretty magical human but yeah that's a that's that's probably one of especially someone that i grew up just watching yeah feeling safe with mm. yeah there is uh, florence Pugh, there is zendaya and also one of the a-listers that we talked to uh was josh brolin who you know he was in the uh, avengers uh, movies and some enormously huge blockbusters so uh, when we started talking uh, it was about that he is in an enormously huge blockbuster here i don't know if i uh, yeah i mean yes i love this huge big epic i don't know that i've i've sought to do epic movies you know but i like the idea of i i, I said just randomly last night i kind of looked under the internet and i was like epic films of the last you know 20 or 50 years or whatever i said and like amazing films florence of arabia um space hot or you know 2001 a space odyssey ben-hur all these kind of if this can reach that kind of grouping i think that's great because it has something to say it's what you know it's a coming of age story which i think is universal so to be involved in something like that i think is very very cool yeah how does that affect your performance when you step out onto a gigantic epic like set and the costumes and the you know all the bells and whistles that I think Denis the, throws in. The best thing that Denis did was make it practical. So we were in the desert. We were in the sand. It was hot. It was uncomfortable. We walked a lot in sand. We got in good shape. We couldn't help but get in good shape. Um, I think that kind of lends to it. I don't think you. At least I don't. I don't think about how big it is or how much responsibility we have or how much money they'll make or lose or this or that. I just think that, you know, Denis creates a standard, at least from a professional standpoint, that you go, this is what we're going for. This is what this is the bottom here. So make sure that all joking aside, all fun aside, that we hit that at the least. So that's cool. I have to think that doing a film for him, for Denis, uh, is a special experience. And that's the the sense that I get from other actors. Mm. But just in seeing his films, there seems like there's an attention to detail and almost poetry to what he's creating to the whole thing. Is that? Yeah, and if you look at his films, Prisoners... Asandi, um, Sicario, Arrival. You know, I mean, it's kind of Blade Runner. It's it's like it's 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 not staying within the same genre, and they, uh, tonally, they're totally different. 
So, but there is. They all have a poetry about them. You know, especially Sicario. When I look back at Sicario, I'm so happy that I was able to do that film with him. You know, the experience is very shorthand. We do very well together. But when you look at it as a whole, you go, man, this is this is a standout movie. So what's it like when you're out in the hot, in the desert, and the it sucks and, sometimes. And all that? <laughs> it's got, that I mean, has got to do. You, do you find places on your body where you didn't know sand could exist? Could you, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crevices, the <laughs> it's crevices. The, it's that the I ultimate didn't know about. beach experience, right? It is. But I, <laughs> I spend a lot of time on beaches. But I, I like being in the desert. You know, in the beginning, you have to let. It's like when you go to the beach and you get in your car afterwards, and you make sure every grain of sand is off your foot. You no, know, I get before you get because you don't want to dirty your car, and then after a while you just go i don't care <laughs> that's where i got that's i don't care it yeah they, they, i mean you'll see when you go see this movie there's nothing but sand everywhere in this movie that's why i asked that silly question uh josh brolin and timothy chalamet austin butler zendaya florence Pugh, some of the stars of dune part two the number one movie in america coming in the number two spot this weekend will be bob marley one love uh, Ordinary Angels, the faith-based uh, film, which I liked quite a bit. Also, number three, The Chosen, season four, episodes seven and eight in the number four spot. And Madam Webb uh, takes the number five spot this week. Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, zoo, 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 zoo. Hello, Kalamazoo. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Kalamazoo. Of course, I think from Walla Walla, Washington to Kalamazoo, it's a beautiful day for a ball game. <laughs> Shwani, you've been uh, you've done a lot of road trips, mm-hmm. probably more mm-hmm. than most. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you think of uh, some towns that have funny names? Uh, well, um, sure. <laughs> Offhand, let's isn't see. There, isn't there a French Lick, Indiana? There's a yes, French there Lick, Indiana. That's where Larry yes. Bird is from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. French Lick, Indiana. I like any town that's got Lick in its title. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about how about Two Guns, Arizona? Oh, that's nice. Or how about Wahoo, Nebraska? Wahoo, Nebraska. Wahoo, good. Nebraska. Nice. Don't we have some here in Illinois? Uh, sure. <laughs> Again, you're catching me off guard I here. Know, I can't. I know. <laughs> but you wanted to do that. But you were no, no, no. You, you were. You know, your name should be Rand McNally. <laughs> you know more about this than anybody. I have a cousin named Randy, so I guess that kind of uh, falls okay. into place. I don't understand the connection, but Rand, that's okay. Randy, Rand, oh, get it? Okay, get, okay. Get, okay. Um, <laughs> take him, uh, Jack. Take him aside and explain. Jack Hammer. Jack Hammer. Jack Hammer is his new name. <laughs> Our producer. He's the muscle on the show. <laughs> uh, there is a, a very, very small area in west central Illinois, something called Goofy Ridge. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Seriously? Yes. Goofy Ridge. You're making that up. I'm not making it up. No. <laughs> Goofy, Ridge. Goofy Ridge. I've always liked uh, up to the north uh, in, in Wisconsin, Sheboygan. 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 There's a Sheboygan, Michigan. Sheboygan's good. They have some really funny ones in yes, Wisconsin. They do. There's a Sheboygan, Michigan also, yes. Yep. Goofy Ridge, Illinois. Goofy Ridge, Illinois. Uh, let me see here. This is going to sound like the far-flung forecast. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I had to look it up. Uh, popu- pop- wow, it's population is down to 210, <laughs> down from 350. Hmm. Uh, what else can I tell you about Goofy Ridge? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another town that's not terribly far from the city. There's yeah. Mooseheart. <laughs> right. Well, Mooseheart. Mooseheart. Yep. I'm sorry. I don't know if you can. anyone can top Goofy Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is there a radio station there that's like the voice of Goofy Ridge? No, I don't think so. We are serious in Goofy, Goofy Ridge. Ridge. This is WGFF. <laughs> Goofy Ridge. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to open up the phone lines now for other funny names. Other na- funny names. <laughs> funny name we'll hear about them. We'll hear about them. Uh, let's see. There's not a lot of... In- I know you'll be surprised to hear this. Not a lot of information about Goofy Ridge. No, no. On the uh, on the Google machine. Person hmm. that used to work here uh, told me about Goofy Ridge. Hmm. Who's that? Sandy Kosmarski, who used to work here oh, in the newsroom. Yeah. Remember Sandy? I remember Sandy. Yeah. yeah, she mentioned Goofy Ridge. I think I may have used it. Is that where she lives now? No, she just, we were doing the far-flung forecast, and she just suggested. Uh, I have to leave WGN. I'm moving oh, to Goofy Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> He want some real estate listings? I found some. <laughs> I found some real estate listings for Goofy Ridge. Yeah, what's the house cost out in Goofy Ridge? Uh, let's see. Uh, it's right near the Henry Allen Gleason Nature Nature Preserve. Hmm. I see that. Uh, the Ridge Lake Fire Department. It's right on the outskirts of town. Let me see here. Yeah. Apparently, nothing's for sale in Goofy Ridge. How about Dumber, New Hampshire? No, there is not. Is there really? <laughs> yes. No way. I'm looking these up. You're looking them up. I'm cheating, too. How do you spell Dumber? D-U-M-M-E-R. Dumber, S- what sister. was it? Dumber, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Where do you live? I Dumber. Live in Dumber. <laughs> well, the sister city is Dumber Ann. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We How gotta... about Rough and Ready, California? <laughs> I'm sorry, nothing's going to top. Rough and Ready. Nothing's going to top Goofy Ridge for me today. Uh, I think well... Briscoe Darling was from Rough and Ready. Come on, boys, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Skilling Schmilling, you thought that was a good show. Wait till you hear some of the funny named places that people are texting into us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, Shawnee, somebody has uh, texted in to correct you that dumber is uh, actually pronounced doomer. Doomer, okay. Doomer. Stand corrected. Then. Doomer is the correct Thank pronunciation. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, how about Bald Knob, Arkansas? Okay. <laughs> I would pay anything if that was my return address on the letter. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I live in Bald Knob, Arkansas. Uh, 847 area code. 312-981-7200, by the way, is our phone number. 312-981-7200. Uh, 847 says, traveling Shenandoah recently, we stopped to eat in a tiny backwoods diner in Pawpaw, West Virginia. Paw Paw, West Virginia. There's so, a Paw Paw, Michigan. I was going to say, yeah. Paws, yeah. I used to go there to cut down yeah, Christmas trees. Yeah, there's a Paw Paw, Michigan there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll take your Paw Paw, West Virginia, and see you at Paw Paw, Michigan. <laughs> uh, there's Hell, Michigan. Oh, yeah. I've been through Hell, and I've been through Paradise, Michigan. You go through Hell every Sunday morning, don't <laughs> you? You, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I know the feeling. Uh, let me see if I can pronounce this The feeling one. is mutual. Is that what you were... Uh... Wapatunk... Wampa... Wampa... Wait. Wapatonetta. Wampatonetta. Wampatonetta. Wampatonetta, 
Ohio. Wampanoag, Ohio. Hello, Wampanoag. Hello. <laughs> Somebody said there's a Pawpaw, Illinois, also. Oh, there may be. I yeah, never, I never knew that. Uh, somebody says that in Indiana, there's a town called Floyd's Knobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy, uh, they, named yeah. the town, they named the town after me, <laughs> Floyd's Knobs. Oh, isn't that nice? He's a nice boy, isn't he? Is. <laughs> uh, it's occurred to me now that people are just, I think they're just texting. Making these up? I think they're making up just dirty names for because they want me to try to read them on the air. There's Two Guns, Arizona. Uh, let me see what else we have here on the old uh, text line here. Uh, there is a town called Climax. Mm-hmm. Climax, Michigan, I think. Correct. Yeah. Climax, Michigan. Yep. Yep. Gallup, New Mexico. So if somebody dies in that town, they have died in climax. <laughs> uh, Dopu, Illinois. Dupo. Dupo? Dupo. D-O-P-U. Yeah. There's a Dupo, Illinois. D-U-P-O. That's in far southern Illinois also. This is the best topic we've ever had on this show, by the way. <laughs> How about boring, uh, boring Oregon? Boring Oregon, <laughs> yes, boring Oregon, right? Gnawbone, Indiana. I have no idea where that is. Indiana seems to Shawnee, your home state. I know. Seems to have more than its share of funny <laughs> named cities. <laughs> where now? Where would this be? Uh, well, you'd have to look that up. All right, I am going to look it up. I'm just going on the. I'm just going off the text line, which. You know, our our text line is much like Wikipedia. You never know if it's true or not. <laughs> I just came across Beer Bottle Crossing, Idaho. Oh, I like that. Uh, what was that? Gnawbone? Gnawbone. Oh, it's down by, uh, it's down in southern Indiana, Brown, the Brown County area. <laughs> what a shock. Yeah. Um, let's see. Unincorporated community. But uh, yeah, in the, the southern uh, portion of the uh, of the state, that's pretty country down there. How about Accident, Maryland? <laughs> oh, I like this, Cucamonga. Oh yeah, of course, Cucamonga. That's legendary. Uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah, they used to have a minor league baseball team named the Quakes, as in earthquakes. Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. Disco, Indiana. I'm sorry, Indiana is winning the contest of funny named cities. Uh, Hmm. Slick Poo, Idaho. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We are are 12 years old. (laughs) He said poo. (laughs) Hey, Beavis, he said poo. I'm telling. He said it again. I'm telling. Hey, hey, Beavis. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said it again. <laughs> this is on the actual radio. This is, yes. this is all that's on and WGN not- <laughs> right now. WGN, the voice of America. This is what's radio on the air. Radio of millions. Yeah. Throughout goofy names in mid-America. <laughs> uh, there's Intercourse, Pennsylvania. I've heard of that also, yes. Yeah. Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Hey, Beavis, he said it. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. Uh, Sleepy Eye, Minnesota, Suck Creek, Tennessee, (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I just saw one cut and shoot Texas. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mary, are you there? Oh, hi, Mary. You're on WGN. Hi, how are you? Welcome to the Geography Hour. <laughs> right. My husband and I were on our way down to Florida, and we were taking side roads, you know, just to look around. Yeah. And we went through one place, and the sign said Booger Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> Booger Hollow, you say. <laughs> Yeah, I said I'd move out of there real quick. Yeah. (laughs) If you go there to pick your house there, I wonder. We are so mature, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, it's just, it's a Chicago station. What do you want? Yeah. What are you going to do? I I appreciate the call and the laughs, Mary. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye now. That's a pretty good one. Booger Hollow, you say. (laughs) Uh, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Oh, right? yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And that was actually named for the, uh, the TV game show. show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In what way? Uh, there was a contest of some sort that was uh, down there, and uh, uh, they, you know, they petitioned the show, and if the show would come to that portion of New Mexico, they would name the town after mm. it, and that's what they did. We'll be darned. Yep. Apparently, there's uh, some place in Texas called Ding Ding, <laughs> and the sister city is Dong Dong. <laughs> Monkey's Eyebrow, Kentucky. Nice. That yeah, that would stand to reason. Uh, oh, here's another two for Ding Dong, uh, ten, uh, Texas. Ding Dong, Texas. Nice. <laughs> um. <laughs> Somebody somebody texting in agreeing with me that this is the best topic ever. I double <laughs> Yeah, boy, Wally Phillips, they'd be Roy Leonard, they'd all be super proud of us right now, wouldn't they? <laughs> of course they would. Wait till they hear this though. Uh here's a text that came in that said when we lived in England, we lived near I'm not gonna say the name of the place just yet. Uh, they had to change the name because too many tourists were coming in to take photos of the signs. Uh. Now, this is in England. And I'm presuming that the first word here is pronounced Butte. Butte Hole Road. <laughs> okay. B U T T E? Well, there's no E. Oh. But I'm not going to say. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we'll just leave it at that. You get the idea. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. You get the idea. <laughs> who would? All right. Who would name? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Dean Johnny Putman is from Frog Jump, Tennessee. That's true. Mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yep. Uh, da, 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 let's see. There's a burnt porcupine mane. <laughs> Tucumcari, New Mexico. Tucumcari tonight. I've been through Tucumcari, New Mexico. It's right on Route 66. Of course it is. Bumpus Mills, Tennessee. <laughs> Toad Suck, Arkansas. <laughs> Hot Coffee, Mississippi. <laughs> Tightwad, Missouri. <laughs> Nob Noster, Missouri. Nob Noster. Nob Noster? Nob Noster, Missouri. Uh, yeah, this is America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this, this is America. 
yes, it yes it is all right well i don't know how we continue doing a radio show after this intellectual oh, <laughs> that is good stuff yeah take that pbs <laughs> Take that for quality work. This should be like a required bum, class ge- bum, geography. <laughs> <laughs> now we need somebody to come on and say, you're listening to WGN like they do on Channel 11. Oh, yeah. You know you're listening to W. Oh, yeah, right at the top of the hour. Yeah. yeah. Because of our intellectual programming. <laughs> oh, this just in, Spread Eagle, Wisconsin. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. You know what's amazing to me? We could talk about uh, the presidential elections. We could talk about the judicial system. We could talk about the most serious uh, topics in the world and uh, get zero response. Our text line right now <laughs> is going crazy. Is moving like that national <laughs> debt clock. <laughs> it's going crazy. <laughs> For. <laughs> For our ridiculous topic that we have for you here. Oh, it never fails. With this, favorite ice cream, favorite pizza. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I'm uh, proud that we, you and all three of us could be uh, part of this moment in WGN history. When they do the uh, 275th anniversary (laughs) of WGN, this This is the clip. This will be included. This is the clip they're going to be playing. All right, we're back, and we are going to be getting into our food time segment coming up after the uh, 12.30 news. Uh, We're going to be talking about a couple of uh, Lenten ideas. Somebody, uh, several people, actually, and this is the the reason uh, that I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Quite a few people, let's say like five, I think that's a lot, uh, recently have uh, texted or emailed me or contacted me in one way or the other and asking, where are the great Friday night fish fries these days? Used to be, you know, they would almost everybody would tell me that on Friday night, their parents would take them to an American Legion hall, a, a VFW hall, a restaurant, a supper club, something for an old fashioned fish fry. And I'm sure they must be still going on there. I don't know where they are, but if anybody knows, I would love to hear from you about uh, where you would recommend going. It's one of the things I'm thinking about doing on my uh, TV cooking segment on an upcoming Friday, especially now during Lent, because it's a perfect Friday food, just a really good old-fashioned, you know, deep-fried cod, deep-fried haddock, you know, something like that. Uh, It's so delicious. And you throw some fries in there with it, uh, and it's, you know, it's almost like fish and chips, right? Uh, it, you know, if you've been uh, to England, uh, that's a kind of a staple dish. Our, our Friday night fish fries, I think, are very similar in some ways. So if you know, I'd love to hear from you. 312-981-7200 is the telephone number. I've got uh, a couple of other uh, Lenten ideas for those of you going meatless during the Lenten season. Also, I want to take a look ahead at some St. Patrick's Day ideas and suggestions that you may have, well, some of which will be included on our TV cooking segments, uh, but some we just want to put out there so you all can get ready with uh, all the St. Patrick's Day celebrations that are going on right now. We're talking about celebrations, by the way, I don't know if you know that uh, city and state offices are going to be closed tomorrow 
because it's Casimir Pulaski Day. Uh, turns out I, I never uh, knew this. I knew there was a Pulaski Day, but I never knew the first Monday in March every year is Casimir Pulaski Day. And, uh, you know, you know, Pulaski Road, you know, Pulaski Park. We've got all kinds of Pulaski commemorations here in the Chicago area. But uh, he was a fighter for Polish freedom from Russia uh, from 1747 to 1771. He was exiled to France where he met Benjamin Franklin who uh, worked with him to help Americans fight for their independence, and he would later be appointed a brigadier general in the Continental Army. Uh, He is often known as the father of the American cavalry. And, uh, you know, so when you're driving down Pulaski Road, uh, especially tomorrow on Pulaski Day, if you're uh, you know, you just think Pulaski is the name of, uh, you know, well, they named a street after this guy in Chicago. There, there are streets and commemorations for Casimir Pulaski all over the United States. But because of the uh, very large Polish population here in Chicago, we've got quite a few of those. And that's why the city and the state uh, have both declared it a, a holiday for Casimir Pulaski tomorrow, so be aware of that. All right, let's get into some food talk right after this. It is 12.36, and that means it's time to eat. Food Time, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show, is on the air. The award-winning All Things Edible program, heard every Sunday at this time. And uh, today, we are talking old-fashioned fish fries. A lot of people asking me lately, where can I find an old-fashioned Friday night fish fry? Everybody seems to remember when they were a kid, and we used to do this too. Growing up on the south side, we would go to a VFW hall. I think it was in Blue Island where we used to go uh, and have the most delicious uh, fried fish. I don't remember what kind of fish it was. Probably cod. Usually those fish fries are are cod or... uh, a haddock, something you know, something like that. Usually a white fish, uh, but uh, people have been asking me about it lately. And honestly, I don't know where the fish fries are. But I th- said, I'll bet you anything, our audience knows where they are. And darned if the phone lines didn't explode. Uh, so we'll uh, get to that in a few minutes. I've got a couple of recipes that I want to share. Uh, I want you to uh, share if you've got a St. Patrick's Day uh, dish that you serve. I know corned beef and cabbage is the traditional but is there like a saint patrick's day appetizer maybe that you do something that's a little bit different love to hear about those for uh, upcoming uh, television cooking segments 312-981-7200 is the phone number and this is mary hello you're on wgn hey how are you doing over there i'm doing fine I'm and go ahead Yes, yeah, St. Albert's a great in Burbank, Illinois. It's State Road and Linder. Okay. They have fish fries on Friday. And they run fish dinners 15, combos 20, shrimp dinners 22. Then they have pasta and kids' dinners and soup. And oh. it comes with fries, baked potato, or mac and cheese. Listen to you. You're a, you're a living menu there for them. 
Well, I'm reading the church bulletin. Oh, perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, and, and now, uh, is this something that they only do during Lent, or do they do this all the time? No, they just do it during Lent. And the first Friday, they had 425 dinners sold, wow. and then the next Friday, they had over 500, and this Friday, they had 625 Wow, dinners, look at so. that. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Now you said uh, just the fish is a certain price. What is the combo? What, what's included in the combo? Oh no, the fish would be that'd be fish and shrimp. Oh, fish and shrimp. Oh wow, that's yeah, nice. that, that's twenty dollars, and the plain shrimp is twenty, and plain fish is fifteen. But it comes with choice of fries, baked potato, or mac and cheese. Oh, that's nice. You get a little coleslaw in there, anything? Uh, they have uh, dinner. It's rolling butter, dessert, and coffee. I don't know. I don't think they have coleslaw. Okay. You know, you get into mayonnaise stuff then. So right. <laughs> well, that's true. It's harder to harder to keep that fresh. Now, tell me the name of the There's parish. It. Tell me the name of the parish again. It's Saint Albert the Great in Burbank. Saint Albert's in Burbank. Okay. That sounds it's eight thousand South Linder. Actually. All right. Very good. That sounds in the church basement. It sounds absolutely delicious, is it? It is. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's a, there's a good suggestion on the south side. Mary, I hope you have a great day today. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you do, too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. This is Chris. You're on Fish Fry Radio. Hello. You're on WGN. Hi. I love Fish Fry Radio. Anyway, I adore all three of you every Sunday morning. Aren't you, you nice? Morning. We're just three, I to tell you that. three silly boys here. Yep, the three stooges, I love them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I also enjoy you on Bob Surratt. Oh, thank you. never miss it. You're very nice. So, thank you. Let me tell you, I spent two years, I need to get a life, hashtag, two years trying to make a list of the fish fries. I've been Catholic my whole life. Yeah. Love fish fries during that. To no avail. But, guess what? One of your partners, Black Club Chicago, yeah. this year made an entire list of all of them. Oh, no kidding. One resource. You don't have to go to each individual one. It's amazing. They did an amazing job. People can go there free, go on the website. Yeah. I think they'd like you to subscribe, but... Sure. Oh, it's amazing. That's uh, I'm I'm so happy to hear that so I can refer people. Uh they went ahead and already put that guide together. I love Block Club Chicago. I think they do such a good job in covering so many different things. Uh they do a, a spectacular job. Yeah, and it's such a, I don't know if people know, but it they weren't funded by original and Jenny took it on her own part and they're a nonprofit now. Right. And they go different neighborhoods. But one more thing, the best thing I've ever heard, I'm in marketing, is one of the parishes has a drive through Oh, genius. So you can either go in the parish basement and eat, but what they recognize is people are busy. So in the alley, you order, and it's like <laughs> McDonald's. You drive through. You drive through, they package it up, and you take off and get that nice fried fish smell in your car. Genius. <laughs> that is actually really, really smart uh, to do that. I know that a lot of places now, because of the popularity of those uh, f- you know, fried chicken sandwiches, uh, that uh, a lot of places now are doing fried fish sandwiches. And the one that I've heard about most often is the one at Culver's, 
where they do mm. uh is it a is it a fried walleye or haddock i can't remember but i've had so many people tell me that the the fried fish uh, sandwich at culver's is uh, absolutely delicious and i like culver's i like their butter burgers i've never tried the fish sandwich but i think i might give it a try yeah i'm not a fast food person that's the only like but hey i'll give the fish try a try but i just feel like a fundraiser for a church that is smart enough to have a drive-through kudos absolutely that's genius (laughs) that's genius and responding to today's busy marketplace right People are people right. are busy. They want to get the food and go. Everybody knows that. I appreciate the call, and you know, Chris, and, and the nice words. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Go to Black Club Chicago. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> good. Uh, let me see here. Uh, what do we have on the text line? 312-981-7200, by the way, if you want to call in. Love to hear from you. We'll get right back to the phones in a minute. Uh, here's somebody responding and saying that Culver's uh, does uh, fried walleye during Lent and cod the rest of the year. Okay, well, that's good to know. I like both. But you know what? I love cod. I, I think cod is uh, just a fantastic uh, fish for frying. Uh, I poach it a lot. In uh, I've, w- What I do a lot is I'll take some uh, tomato sauce, garlic, onions, you know, saute it all up like a nice, it's almost like a nice marinara sauce, and then lay uh, the pieces of cod in this tomato sauce, marinara sauce, whatever, and let it poach in there, and it takes up all the flavors of the tomato and the onion, the garlic, and all that. It's absolutely delicious. So I'm a fan of cod, and I like uh, it's not so expensive, too. There's nothing wrong with that part of it, the whole thing either. Uh, here is uh, 847 saying uh, the Northwoods walleye at Culver's is really good. I had one yesterday. Yeah, so there you go. If you're looking for some walleye, uh, apparently uh, Culver's is doing the job during Lent. Um there is, uh, let me run down the list here, because we've got, boy, we've got a lot of people. We all, we actually have as many people telling us where fish fries are as we did where funny named cities were, <laughs> which is which is very interesting. Um, here is the 815 area code. The Knights of Columbus on Route 30 in Joliet has a year-round fish fry on Friday and Saturday nights. Fish chicken or shrimp coleslaw bread and butter absolutely delicious and worth the trip yeah knights of columbus uh, halls oh i you know back in the day i remember they they had a lot of the uh fish fries as well uh here you know, here's another one for the knights of columbus on route 30 in joliet very nice uh the rusty nail in uh let's see here rusty nail in ringwood Cullum Knoll in McHenry have both fried and baked fish. Oh, look at them going a little on the healthy side. Uh, Matt's Lounge in Burlington. Uh, it's very close to Elgin, it says here, and not far from Geneva, St. Charles, uh, that they have uh, a great fish fry. 312-981-7200. This is Dan. You're on WGN. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Very well. Good, good. I'm talking. I'm calling from Wisconsin, uh, Powers Lake. Very nice. Thank you for listening. Yeah, well, all the time. I I don't miss you guys all week. Uh, and it's uh, called the Rock Bar Two. 
Rock Bar they, 2. They have, and they have a, a fish fry, obviously, every Friday. And uh, then uh, along with that, they'll have a special, maybe uh, um, some snapper or whatever like that, or uh, for those who might want something different. Um, choice of potato. Um, the, you, what, unique about it, when you start talking about old-fashioned fish fries, which I go back a long ways eating them, but on Fridays, uh, the Rock Bar 2 has uh, $5 old-fashioned drinks. Oh, that's nice. So if you're going to go old-fashioned, you got to have one uh, to, to help get it down. That's you got to say. you got to have <laughs> something to rinse it down. Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. Now, where is the Rock Bar 2? Where in Wisconsin? Okay, Rock Bar 2 is just uh, south of Lake Geneva, about five miles. Okay. Yeah, and uh, in our area, we get the, there's times I get to run into uh, Mr. Lou Amphidini and... Um, um, Wayne Mesner. So there's some of the local celebrities we have in the area. Okay. And, uh, All right. They haven't brought the property value down there or anything like that? No, no. Well, we keep a close eye on Okay. <laughs> I know, Wayne, sure I know Wayne's okay, but, you know, I'm not sure about Lou sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, the, boy, there. Uh, this just sounds so great. Now, do you ever do, uh, uh, like, fish fry at home? Have you, have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I've done it. You know, I've always liked it back in the old days. It was just, you know, very lightly breaded. Uh, back when I was a kid, it was either perch or uh, bluegills and stuff and right. then uh, pan fried, you know, right. or like, right. you know. That's, yeah. that's what I remember, too. The My mom used to do uh, pan fried perch all the time. Yeah. We, yep. we would have that when we weren't having, uh, you know, fish sticks. That was, uh-huh. a, that was a big favorite in our house, yeah. too. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I saw a recipe this week for... Uh, breading it with uh, cornmeal, and I guess uh-huh. I guess, th- I guess yep. that's very southern. That's a southern thing of uh, taking the fish, putting it in egg, putting it in cornmeal, and mm-hmm. then pan frying it. And it's supposed to you know make it even more crunchy, and the corn taste uh, adds a whole new dimension uh, to the whole thing. I'm going to give that a try. Yeah, that works well on a thicker fish. I think it'd be too over you know, on a thin fish so. on, a, on a delicate fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good thinking. Good thinking there. Yeah. Dan, I appreciate the call. And uh, well, th- thank you for listening up there. All the time. Thank you for your shows. I all appreciate right. them. Keep an eye on that Lou Manfredini up there. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Here is uh, John. You're on WGN. Hello. Hi. So I have a good, really good fish fry. Unfortunately, it's only during Lent, on the Fridays of Lent. Yeah. But it is at the worth. American Legion Post, Ooh. which is basically um, Crandall, which is which equals 110th Street, okay, and Depot, which is 7100 West. All right, um, and um, yeah, fr- it, it's it's quite good, um, and I believe it also includes a bowl of soup. Oh, that's nice. and of course the fish and shrimp, and they may have chicken though. I never have it. Yeah. But uh, fish and shrimp, yeah, uh, baked potato or French fry, nice uh, coleslaw and dessert, and um, yeah, it's 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 really excellent. And it's too bad they can't have it, you know, year around, but but they just don't do it. Yeah, I'm sure it's. A, I'm pretty sure it's you know work intensive, right, for them to 
to do Probably. that. But you know, during yeah. during Lent, uh, you know, the, the, you know, for for Catholics, everybody goes fish uh, meatless on uh, Friday, so it's it's a great idea. And I how, I love this uh, carryout idea that somebody just told us about. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Oh, as an aside, they also have music uh, in the bar oh. on Fridays and Saturdays over there. So, Okay. Give me the name of the place yeah. again. The Worth American Legion Post. Worth American Legion Post. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I appreciate the call, and I hope you have a great day today, John. Thank you. All right. You too, Dean. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Uh, here's another saying. Dean, don't forget to mention Decola's Seafood Market in Beverly. I believe that's on Western Avenue. I want to say maybe like in the 105, 106 uh, something, if I'm remembering it correctly. Uh, Decola's Seafood Market, they have great fish and shrimp, and you can have them cook it there and then bring it home. That's a good idea for, uh, you know, a restaurant, for a grocery store uh, to do something like that. Uh, let me get Sue in here at 312-981-7200. You're on WGN Fish Fry Radio. Hi, Dean. I just love your show. You brighten my Sunday morning. You're so nice. Um, Thank you. I just wanted to tell you that there are two up north. One is at our parish in Inverness, which is um, Holy Family, Catholic community. And uh, they have a fish fry. They have only two left on Fridays, the next two uh, Fridays coming up. Right. And they even serve pizza along with their fish. Oh, no kidding. um, Really? Grilled or grilled or fried uh, with all kinds of accoutrements. And the second is a restaurant in Schomburg called the Village Tavern. And you can get great, uh, great fish dinner there every Friday during the rest of the year. Yeah. Both of them are wonderful. Village Tavern in Schomburg. Okay. I'm gonna right. Write, I'm writing these down because people have been asking me like crazy lately. Now, do you make it at home? Do you have a recipe to do fried fish at home? Yeah, I wish I did, but I do not. Now, I have to enjoy it outside somewhere. Well, I'm going to, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it this week, but I'm definitely going to do it before Easter uh, to do a, a fried fish. I want to try this cornmeal recipe that I, I, I know it's yeah. very Southern. I know, I know, uh, you know, that there's a, a million Southern recipes using cornmeal, but I want to give that a try because that's uh, a little different than just dredging it in flour and, you know, tossing it in the, either in the pan or the deep fryer. More and more people have these deep fryers at home now and giving it a try. But I want to give it yeah, a try as well. Yeah, sounds good. What about um, beer battered? Oh, beer battered. Did they ever do yes. beer battered fish? Yes. Fish I, deep I've had that, that at restaurants. Good. That's really good. <clears throat> you know, if they use the right kind of beer that's like kind of malty uh, tasting, it's uh, absolutely delicious. Yeah, yeah, where you can really get the flavor of the beer. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Boy, there's some uh, some really good suggestions here, Sue. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day, and I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for the nice words. You bet. Thank you. All Bye-bye. right. Let me take a quick break, and we'll come right back to it all. 312-981-7200. Uh, wow, we've got a lot of suggestions. Fitzgerald's Fish Boil in Genoa, Wisconsin. Uh, here is uh, pan-fried perch. Uh, coat the fish with one cup of milk. I've heard that before for mil- uh, for uh, pan-frying fish. Takes the fishy taste out when you uh, coat it in milk. Uh, one cup of milk with one egg. Dip it in flour, salt and pepper, 
and paprika and saute it in oil and butter. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty good. Somebody uh, sent a text in. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. I don't think. Oh, here it is. Uh, they they get frozen breaded cod from Whole Foods and then put it in the air fryer. So you know it's minus all the oil and it comes out beautiful and crispy. Uh, I've done that with uh, chicken. I've never done it with fish. But I think I'm, I'm going to try that also. One of these uh, recipes, uh, maybe the cornmeal recipe. I'll bet that would be good in the air fryer. Uh, that would be a, a nice uh, you know, way to do that. Uh, let me see here. The Village Tavern in Carroll Stream on Schmally Road. All-you-can-eat fish fries Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, fish fry at the VFW in Tinley Park, 171st and South Oak Park Avenue, 4 to 7. On Friday, eat in or carry out. There's another carry out place. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Sean, how about you? What do you have for us? Hi, hi, Dean. Um, Steve's Lounge in the Hegwish neighborhood, which is at the very tip of the southeast side of the city. Oh yeah. He has a yeah. He has a fish fry every Friday throughout the year, but on Fridays during Lent, he increases his hours. From eleven thirty until eight o'clock. Oh wow, it's um, nice. What's yeah, the what's the name of the what's the name of the know, pl- his menu? Includes uh, for last Friday it was fresh lake perch, walleye pike, grilled or fried jumbo gulf shrimp, oh, wow. fried bluegill, stuffed shrimp, deep fried scallops, fried frog legs, lake perch sandwich, seafood combo, and then he always usually offers a fried chicken for those who aren't you know fasting right. or whatever. So right, right. and all the dinners include the coleslaw, cottage cheese, beets. And French bread, but it, it's a that. wonderful. Every, everybody knows about Steve's Lounge on the southeast side. I so lo- I love if you're that. ever able to, yeah, it's at 132nd in Baltimore. Okay, yeah, I love that beets are one of the side dishes. And when you when you mentioned frog legs, it it reminded me of the the famous Phil, Phil Schmidt. Right? Phil Schmidt's Phil that, that was yeah. our big special occasion restaurant when I lived in the neighborhood. Yeah. You go over to Phil right, Schmidt's right. and get some frog legs. Yeah, right across the border, right across the state line. Exactly. Yes, everyone knows Phil Schmidt's as well. Yeah, Hegwish is fantastic. I'm glad you called in, uh, Sean. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, and so I hope you're able to stop by sometime because it it really is a nice it's a nice deal there. So yeah, next time Hopefully. I'm in the neighborhood, I definitely will. I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. And that's going to uh, take us right up to the to the end here. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you had some fun with us today. And uh, we will see you between 8 and 8.30 on Bob Surratt Show every weekday morning. Of course, on the WGN-TV Morning News.